Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. for a stifling bam take that best offense ever seen take that miami dolphins that ripped through every single team that they had played well kind of every single team maybe not buffalo but look what the eagles did look what power does against finesse that was an absolute beat down by the eagles on the defensive side of the ball major props to them welcome in everybody happy happy monday it is a happy monday here on Sports Take. I am Rob Ellis, Derek Gunn, to be joining us very shortly. Hope you guys are doing great. What's up, Brandon? What's up, David? What is up, Devin? What is up, Rome? M. Reyes, Mo, who else? Tyler, Dominique, Tina, M. Reyes, who did I miss? Brandon, Niners, Chuck. Hope everybody's doing well out there. If I missed you, I apologize. Um, I'm grabbing the ones that I see here. John, what's up, man? What's up? Um, big win for the Eagles, big win for the Eagles. And we sit here on the cusp of a potentially game clinching six of the NLCS between the Phillies and the Diamondbacks. In fact, we are now six hours and two minutes away. Boom. There you go. There you go. What's up, Matthew? What's up, Bri? Yeah, man. Unbelievable night last night. Um, I had major concerns about the Eagles on the back end. Uh, we talked about it last week. I thought that Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle and Tua and Mike McDaniel, would expose the Eagles' issues, and not only did they not expose the Eagles' issues, they basically went across the board and snuffed them out in every category. Think about this for a second. They held Miami to season lows in points, in total yards, in passing yards, in rushing yards, and time of possession. That is a thorough ass-beating that the Eagles put on them. Think about this, too. Just Let's go a little bit further. So most people will tell you that the Eagles only allowed – you, you know, the, the, the 10 points, whatever last night, there's the gun. Uh, what is up my man? Um, hey man? I apologize, brother. I just got in here. Okay. I know you were hustling from, uh, from AC. It's all man. good. D gun. It's all good. No problem. Just talking about the Eagles and, and, and basically 
holding Miami to season lows in every category. But you look at the 17 points and you say to yourself, well, really, the Eagles are only responsible for 10 of those Eagles defense. In fact, it's really only about seven of them. I mean, you had seven on a pick six. You had three on another turnover by Jalen. The defense came to play. I thought it was the most impressive win of the season by far. And major props to Sean Desai. I thought Sean Desai did an awesome job last night. Uh, against the team that was, you know, just rip roaring through everybody offensively. Um, I, I don't, I don't think Sean Desai gets enough credit. I mean, let's let's face it. Um, um, we we have questioned and second guessed Sean Desai in a lot of cases, but when you take into consideration how he's had to piecemeal the back end of his defense week in and week out, I mean, think about it. When was the last time they've had consecutive games where they've played with the same personnel on the back end? Hasn't it, happened this year. It's been a while. Yeah. And let's face it, the back end is a work in progress and is responsible for X amount of points that have been given up in games that might have been a little bit closer than they should have been. Yep. But the bottom line is he has been able to piecemeal this thing and with the with the pressure and and the co- continuity and consistency that the guys up front are giving them, and I say this all the time: if you have a good pass rush, a good run defense up front, if your if your front seven are playing well up front, it can disguise a lot of deficiencies that you have on the back end. And, and, yep. and lo and behold, that's what's happening right now, because the way these guys are playing against the run. The, the opportunity now they're getting they're not getting the volume of turnovers that we saw them get the first three games um but they've made the big plays they've stonewall running games they've made offenses one-dimensional um which is played into their hands and let's face it Rob we can't say this enough is it a perfect team no does it have its flaws yes but it's one of the best teams still recognized in the National Football League and it's always better to, to find ways to overcome your, your your shortcomings when you're winning, more so than when you're losing and everything starts to magnify even more so. Yeah, I Derek, I view it as a growing team, a growing yes. team. I mean, they, yes. look, they played seven games. There's, there's a lot of football to go here in the regular season. They're not a finished product. They're not a done deal. Uh, and and it's going to take a while. Nobody is um, at this point. You know, even if San Fran wins tonight, okay, it'll be the Eagles, Chiefs, and, and Niners. You're you're learning on the job in a lot of ways and getting better on the job, but still winning at the same time. And they showed you once again that they're a resilient bunch. They lost last week. It was a bad loss to the Jets. Nobody denies that. But they bounce back and they win the game. You know, I I could take it in game. Jalen Hurts throw uh, has the fumble. What does he do? He comes back the very next drive, drives him down the field. They score. He has the interception, comes right back down. Same thing in the Super Bowl when he fumbled that ball. Yeah. So he is not a guy who things stick with, who linger. It's a trait that you have to have as a professional athlete. You especially have to have at that position where you got to forget things. There's going to be bad plays. There's going to be negative plays. And believe me, he knows better than anybody else. Those 10 turnovers are not acceptable. And in other games, they may come back to haunt you. They didn't last night. But the fact that he's able to re- respond from that kind of stuff, I think is is so critical. You know, and, and of course, now the big story is with Jalen, just how hurt is he? Yeah. You know, because he was the last one out of the locker room at halftime. Then it's announced he's wearing a brace on that left left leg. And at one point, we saw Marcus Mariota put his helmet on and start warming up on the sidelines. It looked like he was going to take that first series in the third quarter, yeah. Like, what? The last thing you want to see is Marcus Mariota take the field. 
But lo and behold, Jalen found a way to f- f- fight through it. And it, it's somewhat alarming also because at the podium after the game, you know, when people are asking Jalen about his injury, he goes, um, it, it, there's discomfort. And he said, what, what, how did he put it? We'll get through it. Or no, how is it going to affect you long term? We'll see. He didn't say no. He didn't say yes. He said, we'll see. Now, I've heard so many, you know, talking to people back and forth. I've heard so many different rumors. You know, a couple of people in the know told me that he got hurt in the Jets game. Then I started hearing some stories, people texting me back and forth, telling me, D-Gun, they may go back to the Rams game. So we don't know exactly. But here's the thing. If, if, number one, Jalen's never been on the injury report. Right. If he is injured and he kept it off the injury report, Eagles could get in some trouble for this. Yeah, it's a slippery slope. I I, I hear you. Slope. I just don't know how you define it. Like, you know, that's the case. You could probably put all everybody on the roster on, on an injury report because everybody's banged up this time of year. You know what I mean? I, yeah, I, yeah. I got you. And I understand what you're saying. Totally. I mean, think about this. He finished that game last year with, what, a grade three or four sprain. Some yeah. people say there may have even been a break in that clavicle yeah. or shoulder and he yeah. finished the game. Or a slight tear, yeah. He is a, an incredibly tough cat. I mean, so I'm not surprised he finished. But, you know, you saw it. He was coming off the field at, at the end of the game, and he was not moving particularly. I mean, he was moving all right, but it was gingerly. Right, right. And he's not putting a brace on for for kicks. He's doing that for a reason. So yeah, we don't know, and that's going to be something to really monitor here. I, I said on the post game show last night, he pulled a Patrick Mahomes. You know, you go back yeah. to the playoff game against Cincinnati and the Super Bowl against the Eagles, when all the announcers kept talking about Mahomes is limping, he's playing on one leg. All of a sudden, when he needed to, he took off and, and picked up a big chunk of real estate on a run. Jalen did the same thing last night with that brace on his leg. He remember he, in the fourth quarter, third, fourth quarter, yep. he stepped up, took off, and picked up like 15, 13, 14 yards. Mm-hmm. And said, hey, you know what? At this stage of the NFL, everybody's got some kind of injury. It's mind over matter. See, pain doesn't matter at this point. If you can walk up right and play, you got your butt out on the field. No question. But, but I, I mean, all in all, uh, you're seeing some really good things. A.J. Brown continues to dominate. You're now getting Dallas Goddard involved uh, yeah. in, in a productive way, not just throws to, to say he caught four balls, like right. productive throws. I thought, I, Derek, my first response to Goddard's touchdown was great play call. It was, yeah. it was a yeah. great design incredibly well executed with the blocking downfield. My lot was, was downfield and, and the receivers did a good job. Yep. And Goddard, Goddard is, is, is a very effective guy. If you give him a chance, man, and to get him going now, and I, you know, the running game was okay. Swift was pretty solid, but you, you know, there were a lot of good elements offensively. The, the stars of the game were on the other side of the ball. I mean, what that defensive line continues to do, what Reddick, who some people thought was a one-trick pony just in the pass rush, oh, yeah. continues to do against the run. Made some great tackles. Yeah. Awesome, man. I mean, he blew up Mostert twice for tackles for losses. And, it, you know, you don't see a lot of, quote-unquote, edge guys who just get after the quarterback do what he did last night. No, no. You know, going back to Goddard for just a minute, um, we saw a screenplay work. Yeah. We screamed about Take the screenplay out of your arsenal. It doesn't work for the Eagles. I don't know why. It worked to perfection. On the left side, it seems like when they run a screen to the right side, it doesn't work. They yeah. run it to the left side, it worked to perfection for a touchdown. Defensively, those guys up front, and they're just barely cracking the surface. When you think about Jalen Carter and Jordan Davis, two guys who are still on rookie, first-round draft picks still on rookie contracts. Yep. They are wreaking havoc in the middle of offensive lines. I mean, the consistent pushback. There was one play where Jalen started to made his first move to his right, 
and did a swim move back to the inside. Oh. And you saw the guards just buckle and sit down and try to block him. And Jalen just him. bull rushed him. You can't handle him. You can't, can't handle this handle dude, man. Inside. Nope. He's no. stronger, faster, uh, more polished, even as a rookie, than these guards and, and centers can handle. They can't handle him inside. It's unbelievable his strength as well as his power. And he, he actually slapped he slapped the, uh, the offensive lineman on the helmet. It was like the dude was shot. He just sat down, and Jalen just went right through him. And, and you know what you're also saying, Derek? I'm not, yeah. and again, I'm not questioning injury, but I think guys are more want to tap out once they get a, they get a load of what that guy's all about. You're gonna start uh, seeing it more and more, like, ah, you know what? I'm not feeling. I gotta, uh, I gotta step aside here a little bit. I don't be dealing with this this uh, big hoss uh, in the middle here for the rest of the game. I'm telling you, man. You're I'm saying you. Isaiah Wynn tapped out. Is that what you're saying? I'm just saying. You oh, know, you, a little bit, a little bit. Ooh, I don't know. But, but anyway, look, there, there's a lot. There was a lot to pull from that game and a lot of things that you can extract. But here's the bottom line. I, I think it was hands down their best win. It was the game I yes, came away yes. from most saying this felt like 2022 to me. Yeah, it really yeah, did. Yeah. More than any game this season. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Um I look at I look at what's going on with the back end of this defense, and it's very similar to what Kansas City did last year. If you remember, Kansas City drafted a bunch of kids and played a bunch of kids on the back end, and they took their lumps early on. Now they had the, the veteran guys in the trenches, they had veteran linebackers, they had they had two cornerbacks uh who had some veteran presence, but they kept sprinkling in three or four different kids the whole season. They still found a way to win 14 games. And by the time you got to the playoffs, you're not a rookie anymore. Right. So when you look at these guys like the Eli Ricks, Sidney Browns, um, and, and, and whenever he gets back, Justin Evans, um, you know, guys like this, are they going to make mistakes? Absolutely. They're rookies. They're going to make mistakes. You mm-hmm. see a different variety of, of pe- people and offenses every week. Yep. But if you continuously learn in a winning environment, you're going to be that much further ahead when you get to late December, into January, and hopefully into February at the Super Bowl. Yeah, and this team knows how to build to a crescendo. They know yes. how to get better as the season goes on and hit your stride at the right time. You know, last year they had to overcome some of the Jalen stuff late, but nonetheless, I mean, really, they didn't hiccup much. I mean, they had like one loss during the regular season when Jalen started a game. So this team has a, has, has a pretty good ability to build as they go. And again, they're getting better. Uh, you know, as, as we absolutely, if, if we, if you and I sat, you and I sat here, Derek on September 9th uh, or 8th, whatever day that Friday was. And we were previewing the very first game of the season and this season in general. And, and I said to you, all right, Derek. So after seven, they're going to be six and one uh, heading mm-hmm. into Washington. I don't think there's one person who would have objected to that. Every single person would have said, yep, sign me up. That's exactly all things yeah. considered, yeah. right? So there, even though it hasn't looked exactly the way maybe we would have hoped it would look, we know Jalen is, you know, doing some things that he has to clean up, and there's other areas. It's not exactly perfection. You're dealing with some injuries, nonetheless. They're seven and one, man. They are six and one. They're six and one six going and one. into Washington, where they're a six and a half point favorite, which means they're likely going to be going into the Dallas game the following week as a seven and one team, and then after yeah. Dallas is the bye week. So they're yep. doing exactly Listen, what yeah. they should be doing. You know, when you look at, at, at the potential one loss that, that, that they have, when we sat and analyzed the schedule and, and wondered where they would be at a certain point, I'm not surprised with six and one. I thought there would be a hiccup somewhere, but I thought that hiccup would be against Miami, not the Jets. 
but that's the National Football League. You look at what happened across the league yesterday, which is, has been a carbon copy pattern of what, is, what has been happening all season long. I mean, Detroit got smoked yeah. yesterday. Nobody saw that coming no. by, I mean, by Baltimore. Dude, they weren't even competitive in that game. Heck no. Yeah. Who, who would have thought that the Colts could put up 38 points on Cleveland's defense and the Colts got a job? We'll talk more about that later in the show. Um, and look at some of how some of the other games played yeah. out. Buffalo. I didn't think Pittsburgh. Buffalo. Who, what is Buffalo? They? I don't know what, what they are. Pittsburgh going into the Rams' house. Pittsburgh is like a light switch. They're not a. If you look at Pittsburgh's defense statistically, they're near the bottom of the league. That's not a Pittsburgh defense, right? But all of a sudden, they turn the light switch on at certain points in the game. You, what, they're four and two. How yeah. the world they get the four and two? No, I and, and you know, and the other thing with the real quick, just to circle back to the defense for a moment. You know that Jets loss wasn't on the defense. I'm sorry. Oh, that Jets no. loss was no. on the offense, and no, it was no. on Jalen with the turnovers. What, what did they give up, 12 last week, whatever it was? Yeah, it was 12 because yeah. they scored and they got the two-point conversion. The Eagles let him score, by the way. Well, so they give, they give a, it up give, in the second Give me touchdown. Yeah, give yeah. me a touchdown. Yeah. So, so, so basically, what, 12 and 7 in consecutive weeks. And the 7, of course, all the more impressive because you're not doing it against Zach Wilson. You were right. doing it against Tua, who was yeah. a front runner for the MVP in a lot of people's eyes. Yep. So the it defense still is, is. Right. I think what you're also seeing here is brute force will beat finesse anytime. And, you know, the Dolphins, for whatever they are, and I'm sure they'll bounce back next week, et cetera, but they are a finesse kind of team. You know, it's cute, some of the stuff behind the back passes and all. Okay, yeah, it's all yeah, well and good. And it's yeah. great. But when you can, you have the ability for the interior defensive line to do what they do, and then your edge guys, look, Josh Sweat has turned into an absolute monster. Oh, my when, goodness. You know, you have that ability that can cover up some shortcomings on the back end. And that's exactly what's happening right now. I, I don't think people realize that, that Josh Hurst, Hurt, uh, I'm sorry, Josh Sweat for a couple of years has been playing on a knee that's not 100%. You know, he's playing, mm -hmm. now he had double digit sacks last year. He's a wrecking force again this year. But if he had two good knees, my goodness, what he could be. But he doesn't, he doesn't, show up on injury reports but because it's not something that's debilitating. It's just something that's nagging him and will continue to nag him as he gets older. And, of course, the older you get, the longer it takes you to recover from it. But if he had two good knees, my goodness, what Josh Sweat could be. But he's still good enough to be that disruptive force you need coming off the edge in a defense that is just attacking people left, left and right and stonewalling just about everybody's run game. I'm sitting there watching him. Miami is was averaging, uh, what, 180-something yards rushing? 181. Okay. So they come out of the gate, and you're going to try to go right at the middle of this Eagles defense on the run with Moser. And every time you tried it, the offense, your offensive line was going backward instead of forward. And I kept telling Seth, I've seen this Miami team too much. They have their most effective plays running on the perimeter, not space. up the middle, mm -hmm. in space. And I'm thinking, what is Mike McDaniel thinking? They've shown – and then, so what happens in the third quarter? Two consecutive plays, most it runs to the outside. He picks up 36 yards on two carries. What did he do? Go back to running inside again. Yep. You play right into the teeth of this defense. Dumb play calling on their part. Hey, kudos to the, to the Eagles because they Mike execute. McDaniel, yeah. they ex yep. Hey, Mike McDaniel played right to their strength. Hey, more power to you because yep. it didn't work. Well, I, I will say this. Um, Desai slash Nick Sirianni blatantly outcoached. Mike McDaniel and Fangio and, oh, and, yeah. and, and the boys over there. They, they just blatantly outcoached them. And that's the biggest part of this thing, man. When Absolutely. you look at 
what they were able to do in that game last night and and really despite shooting themselves in the foot twice to right. be able to overcome what they overcame is tells you a lot about what the potential is for this team i say potential like they're you know like four and three they're, they're still a you know a six and one team but they're they're a team that has the ability the other thing is the eagles have a counter punch you know, like if you're taking away something, the Eagles can go to a plan B, a plan C, et cetera. I don't know, you know, like the Dolphins last night, it didn't, you know, Tyreek Hill's going to get his, and but he, you didn't let him go crazy. Waddle did very little. Uh, anybody else on that offense, Mostert was completely shut down. Tua looked pedestrian. You know, they just across the board did a number on them. Really, last night, it was just unbelievable. I, I will say this also. I have to throw this in there. Eagles did have a little lady luck on their side at times in this game. I thought the uh, officiating was very one-sided in favor yes. of the Eagles. Yes. And if it was That's the mean, other way around, we'd all be going bananas. Screaming. Now they got away, they got away with that face mask. Okay, Big that's time. one. And Big then Tyreek, Tyreek drops that pass on the slant. Yep. That's a touchdown. That's he doesn't touchdown. drop passes like that. Total break through no break. that and you didn't do anything yeah. to, to create that break. You just Look, got lucky. That's exactly. all it was. You talking yep. about home calls last night? Eagles getting some home calls in those Kelly Green uniforms last night, dude. Okay, let's I'm talk talking. about that. Yeah, look pretty sharp. I, I, you know what I loved. I, I let's let's. I want to start with the field, then we'll talk about the uniforms. I loved just the white old school logo in the middle of the field, contrasting the green grass. I thought that really looked sharp. I thought the the script of the old school Eagles in the end zone looked great, and I kudos to the production crew there, the event crew. Because the, the the green lighting, they they really did a number uh, right, last absolutely. night. It looked good. It looked really um, good. The 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 thing the the thing I liked most about the old school look was the logo at, at midfield. I like that. Now yep. you know me. Um, I didn't grow up with the Kelly green. It's not yep. a part of my history. And ever since I got here, people have been clamoring for the, for them to bring back the uh, Kelly green uniforms, which Jeffrey Lurie buried for twenty eight years. You know, and they finally decided to bring it out of the closet. For, for this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still not a big, big fan of the Kelly green, but you, you obviously couldn't see it because uh, you, you had your post game requirements to do yeah. uh, with WIP, but we had a big, like it was a big rectangle. I would say 16 by 20 uh, poster up on our show last night of five guys in the Kelly green. It was, um, it was Reggie white, Seth Joyner, Eric Allen, Jerome Brown and Clive Simmons. Oh, and they, were awesome. all the, they were all together standing on the field in the Kelly green um, because they had made the pro bowl that year. Yep. Um, and I said, you know, looking at that picture, the scheme looked good, but in terms of just the overall Kelly green, you know, scheme and concept, I'm like, okay, it's nice. It's yep. nostalgic. Um, you know, Seth was talking about how it's like taking trips down memory lanes. Right. And he's talking about, he was talking about how three guys in that photo are no longer here. Man. You know, and it's a shame, you know, he said, I miss my brothers, you yeah. know, um, but, you know, I understand why people gravitate towards that uniform. It was a special t- place at time, because when you look at the men who wore that uniform at that time, even today, historically, probably the best Eagles defense, um, best Eagles defense they've ever put on a football field. Oh, it's a, it's a shame they didn't have an offense to go with it. Yeah, the year the year that Randall got hurt in the Bryce Pop game, uh, which was yeah. 1991, they were yeah. number one across the board uh, in, in points allowed, rushing, yeah. passing, and total yards. I mean, they were 
Yeah, they were dominant. It's a shame. They still won 10 games that year, but the, the division was good and the conference was good and less teams got in back then and they didn't make the playoffs. So it was right. uh, it was too bad. But anyway, yeah, you're right. Yeah. It was it was a cool thing. And it was nice to be able to pay it off with a win. You know, it yes. makes everything yes. that much better, the, the sort of celebration and all that kind of stuff. So uh, kudos. Kudos to the Eagles for the effort. Kudos for the Eagles for bouncing back after a bad loss to the Jets. And and let's do this like we always do on a Monday, Derek. We're, let's dive into the defense a little bit further. I'll throw some numbers at you. They're going to blow your mind. We'll do that okay. when we come back. Then we'll do the offense. Um, you know, hey, the, one other thing. How about zero penalties? You know, and again, I know they got away with some. I know they got they had two offsetting penalties that were negated. But and I said on the post game show, I said I've never looked at a stat sheet at the end of a game and seen a goose egg in terms of penalties for for the Eagles in all the years I've and I've been covering this team since '97. And in, in all the years I've covered this team, never seen a goose egg on the board. Yeah, uh, and they got away with a couple penalties because of offsetting penalties. Sure. But still, the official stat shows no penalties at all. Ten for Miami, zero for the Eagles. Exactly. All right, let's do that. When we get back. Let, let's further tackle this Eagles game. Again, we're not cheating the Phillies, folks. By the way, we know we know what's at stake tonight. A win, they move to the World Series. I mean, simply said, this is a monster game. They had a an unbelievable game on Saturday night. Uh, Zach Wheeler was spectacular again. They set the tone right away in the first right. inning with the double steal. Bryce Harper, you know, doing what he had to do at home plate. Schwarber's on fire again. Harper's on fire again. They could put it away tonight with Nola on the mound. We will get into that. We will get into game six of that uh, of that series as well. And, Derek, we have a game seven in the AL. Every Ooh. The real team has won every game in the ALCS. It is absolutely that's bizarre. Ser- that series has been crazy. Uh, Texas came back with a vengeance last night after blowing two games. You know, they lose three straight at home, blowing the last two. Yeah. They came back with a vengeance last night. I can't wait. Well, you know what? Let's see. You got Monday Night Football. It's going to be a good sports uh, night. Let's put it that way. Phillies at 5.07. Uh, a game seven and a Monday Night Football game tonight. Yes, this, yes. Is, this is going to be a good one tonight. Oh. All right. So we'll 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 hit it. We'll do our NFL segment like we always do. We'll run through some of the big games, injuries, all that kind of stuff. Birthdays, movies. I have a great on this date for you, which you'll appreciate. So we'll do all of that when we get back. Don't go anywhere. That's Derek. I'm Rob. We're Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Let's talk about Bravo Pizza of Havertown. I was there Friday. Uh, Bravo Pizza of Havertown. Family owned since 1985. I've been going there since I was a kid. Fresh food daily. Uh, 20 different styles of pizza. Specialized pizza your way, however you want it. You're not up for pizza. They get it. Fresh pasta, sandwiches, wraps, wings, salads, all at their disposal. They are committed to the community as Bravo Pizza of Havertown. They have fundraisers for charities, for schools, for little leagues, where the proceeds go to those organizations. You could follow them at the Bravo Pizza of on Instagram and Facebook. That's where you can get daily specials, promotions, the menu. They're at 1305 Westchester Pike, Manoa Shopping Center in Havertown, 1305. Westchester Pike, Manoa Shopping Center in Havertown. Give them a call right now, 610-446-3810. 610-446-3810. Bravo Pizza of Havertown. Here's a little more. I remember getting my heart broken when they lost the Super Bowl in 2004. We're big Eagles fans. We moved to South Philly because of the Eagles. When they won, we went straight to Broad Street and uh, everybody was going nuts over there. And it was just a, a memory that you'll never forget.
If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. My name is Dr. Bruce Grossinger. And I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Yes, we are. Appreciate you hanging. Let's hit the like button. Let's get on the like button and run, people. Let's do it. Let's do it. I see fitness rebels in the house. She hasn't she hasn't gotten on you yet, Gunner. She hasn't given you a hard time yet. It's only it's a matter Monday. of yes, Monday. It's Monday. About Tuesday, Wednesday. She'll be back to normal. <laughs> Keeping you on yes, your toes. Yes, That's what she does. Right, she keeps yeah. you on your toes. Uh, she's, she's delirious with, <laughs> with delight because the Eagles beat Miami. And the Phillies. And the Phillies. Yes. And the Phillies, yeah. Um, all right. So let, let's let's dig into this thing uh defensively again. What's up, Jim G? What's up, Sports On? What's up, Joho? What's up, Rich? Uh Scott. What's up, Dank? What's up, Kaz? Anybody I missed, I apologize. Tomas. What is up, Tomas? Uh, all right. So, again, you could argue the Eagles gave up seven points last night. Miami had averaged 37.2, Derek, per game. Yep. Yep. Miami rushed last night for 45 yards. They were rushing for 181.8 per game. Yep. This was across the board dominance uh from the Eagles defense so I thought the turning point in the entire game and and, and the moment you, you kind of took a sigh of you know that, that breath of relief the sleigh interception was so big so you set it up the Eagles are only up seven okay in the fourth quarter and Miami's driving and and it's looking more and more like you know they're they're about to go in here fourth quarter Eagles up 24 17 they're on Miami's on the Eagles 24 yard line 
Slay gets that pick. Eagles get the ball back. They go 13 plays, 83 yards, and they make it 31-17. And at that point, I know you never count it out when it's when it's Miami because they can score real quick, but things looked really good. That was a big play for Slay, who missed the game last week with an injury. And I know those guys are at peak what they were five, six, seven years ago, he and Bradbury. But just having the two of them back there with all the younger guys Absolutely. just settles everything down. That's the big thing. Uh, but you, you bring up a valid point and, and 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 Slay. I was not pleased overall with the play of Slay and Bradbury last night. Now, granted, you are playing the fastest of the fastest when you're trying to chase the likes of Tyreek Hill. I get that. Uh, and Seth and I kept debating back and forth, bump and run these dudes, clutch and grab. And I'm telling Seth, you know, he, he, Seth is screaming that DBs are giving Tyreek Hill too much respect. And my 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 argument was, have you seen him shake press coverage? Because once he shakes, that little hesitation move he makes, nobody accelerates and gets the second and third gear faster than him. Yep. The prime example was that touchdown catch. Soon as he shook, slay on the one side. And Edmonds couldn't even turn his hips quick enough to get back. Tyreek Hill's in the end zone. He's mm-hmm. already three yards behind him. You got to be careful how you play this guy. Now, I will say this. Eli Ricks came in and played Slay as about, uh, played Hill as about as well as you can play him. Now, Eli Ricks is pretty fast. He was up on it. And he stayed, he, he broke up some passes. So he gave Tyreek a few problems. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, nobody wants to be on Tyreek's Hill, uh, Tyreek Hill's uh, highlight reel every week. Yep. You know, he's just that good. Let's face it. You know, when we debate, we've been debating it all off season. Uh, free agency, yep. June, July. Who are the top five receivers in a game? I've consistently said there is no one better in the NFL right now than Tyreek Hill. Even if you have a good day, which the Eagles did, if you have a good day and hold him under 100 yards, he is still the most dangerous man in the NFL, and he shows it. Yeah. Those hesitation moves, you can't play press coverage against this dude. No, you can't. You're, you're not getting. There's no one on one. Yeah, like this is the game I'll push back against anybody who's like, get up, get up and jam him. You jam him, it's over. He's past you in two seconds. You got to give him a little bit of space. And I thought the way the Eagles, what they did defensively, I thought was just very smart. Now, uh, you you know, again, did they get lucky on the one? Without a doubt, without a doubt. But still, that's kind of stuff that happens in games. Absolutely. You know, and and again, let's go back to scheming. Sean decides scheme. To, to keep to minimize Tyreek Hill's effectiveness with a bunch of kids on the backside yep. was a thing of beauty. You know, it obviously it starts up front because Tua didn't have stand have a lot of time in most cases just stand back there as he does in most games and and, and wait for Tyreek to free up. Yeah. Um that e- that Eagles front front uh, pass rush on him and pressure was a thing of beauty because that's the only way you can do, disrupt that timing offense. You know, Tua gets the ball out of his hands faster than any quarterback in the NFL this year. Mm-hmm. This year. Um, and when he does, it's lights out. Now, granted, Jalen Waddle went out for an extended period of time with a, with a back injury, and he came back. Wasn't as effective when he came back or before that. Um, everything that you could possibly have work in favor of the Eagles worked in favor of the Eagles last night. You know, the, the guys up front did their job. The coaching staff did a great job oh. of strategically putting pieces in place uh, to defend against this uh, high-powered offense. And now I sit here and I wonder, just how good is this Miami team? They're explosive. But if you look at their two losses, the two losses have come against better teams. 
the, the the five wins have come against inferior teams. Big time inferior teams. Inferior teams. So they got smoked by 28 by Buffalo, and I still don't know what I still don't know what Buffalo is. They're the most difficult team for me to figure out. One I week agree. they can look like I a agree. team that's capable of getting to a Super Bowl, and the next week they don't look like a playoff team. I, I don't know I, what I agree. I don't know what they are. And they get but, smoked by 14 by the Eagles. So th- that tells you a little bit something about Miami. I agree with you. Uh, I agree with you 100%. So a couple other things of note. I want to give props to the younger guys. I mentioned Eli Ricks. I thought he did a good job. I thought Scott, Joe, like like the young guy. I mean, you, when you consider, you know, you're down Avante Maddox. You're down Reed, Blank, uh, Reed Blankenship, who's also a, that's two starters right there. You know, you're down Bradley Roby, who you, you threw into the slot last week and did a pretty nice job for you, you know, all things yep. considered. You're down all of those guys, Justin Evans. Um, you're still able to maintain with Terrell Edmonds, not a younger guy, but Terrell Edmonds, yep. uh, Job and Ricks and Scott and those guys. And then uh, from a defensive line perspective, how about Nolan Smith racking up his first one? Good for him. Uh, I mean, that's just got to build confidence. Too. Dude, he, uh, come on, Mark. Now, I'm glad he got – that was a Matador sack, man. Dude. That was, an Eli Ma- that was an Eli Manning. Uh, I'm not getting hit here, boys. Dude, lay down. But nobody touched Nolan. Nobody blocked him. And I'm thinking, how do you leave this man wide open like that? You know, I'm glad he finally got his first NFL sack. Good for him. But, dude, we're sitting in the green room. You know, me, Seth, Mark Farzetta, Mike Missanelli, we're dying laughing. You can't. Seth is like, why couldn't I ever get an easy sack like that in the NFL? I know. Dude, you won't find an easier sack in the National Football League. That was unbelievable. But good for him. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah. Good for him. Good for, we mentioned what sweat has been, you know, sweat's been on a heater lately, man. He's coming on in in a big way. No surprise considering the year he had last year. Although the sacks weren't there, we mentioned Reddick, what he, how good he was against the run. Um, You know, and again, I, uh, I give real props here and what's up sports on 88. Uh, I give real props. Appreciate you. I give real props here to, uh, to Sean Desai. I thought he had a good game plan. I thought he made some in-game adjustments uh, that worked really, really well. Yes, and uh, you know this is this is a good sign because the last two weeks, despite being down bodies, right, they played right. extremely well. Um, yeah, and I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing the adjustments they'll make this week against Washington, who put 31 up against them. You know when they met at Lincoln Financial Field earlier in the year. So that that's the other thing to watch because after that is when you get into the, you know, the gauntlet part of this thing. Now, now, first of all, sports on 88 is not too happy with me today. Because I picked Miami to win it like 30 to 27 last night. I had Miami. So a lot of people. Yeah. You know, a lot of people. So, all right, sports in 88. Hey, I'm human like everybody else. A lot of national pundits picked Miami. I'm not using that as a smoke screen to cover up what I did. I just based it on what I saw on paper, you know, and especially going against a very, very young, inexperienced Eagles secondary. So it turned out Eagles won a big 14 and shut them down in every phase of the game. Um, I look at what they're about to face now. Okay. Should they beat Washington? Yes. But now you got to face a ticked off Washington team in their backyard because they still remember they had a chance to beat the Eagles here. And we wondered, would Riverboat Ron go for two in the win instead of going for the tie in overtime and the turn back to bite him? But even more so than that, did you hear Jonathan Allen's comments after that game yesterday? They were held to seven points by the Giants. Yes, I dude, watched it. Yeah, dude, did you did you see how many times they have to bleep what he was saying? Yeah, he was. It was weird. Like they came to him in the locker room, and it was yes. like arc, and then the light. It was almost like a movie or stage. The light comes on, and he is just on fire. 
He's bleep dude, this, bleep that, unbleeping except we got a bleep and bleep and this, bleep do, a lot do, of bleep. Do, 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 do. A lot of bleeps. So yeah. so they they're they're going to be ready. And people, you know, I know people are gonna spend this week. We're gonna smoke Washington. We're gonna do no you I expect the Eagles to win. I expect the Eagles to win the game, but I'm gonna tell you what, it's gonna be a dog fight just like it was the first time. Yeah. Because Washington is feeling, hey, we can go toe-to-toe with this team, number one. Yeah. And number two, we're coming off an embarrassment. Just like the Eagles were coming off that embarrassment against the Jets, Yeah, Washington's coming off an embarrassment. It's probably maybe Sam Howell's best game of his career uh, when he faced against the Eagles, Eagles earlier in the year. Absolutely. And this is yeah. where we'll find out if these, you know, some of the adjustments and, and or whatever Sean Desai is doing and guys really coming on, how how sustainable it is if they roll it into the third straight week and really stifle that Washington offense. But we'll, yeah, yeah. you know, we'll find out. But yeah, there was a, there was a lot of good. There was a lot of good. It was great to get Sidney Brown back. Uh, he, there was a, did you see the one play Derek? He doesn't make the tackle, but there's a play over by the sideline. And one of the dolphins receivers is attempting to block him. He comes and explodes into the guy and knocks him off his feet. Like, I hope this kid can hold up. Cause if, if he does, know, it's going to be fun to watch him because he does not care. He will throw his body around without a care in the world. I don't think he's ever going to change his style of play. It's what made him successful at Illinois. It is what is uh, it is what's turning heads, and we continue to talk about throughout the preseason, and of course leading up to now. I think he is going to continue to play with that reckless abandon. That's the only way he knows how to play. Yep. Now, the only thing that he will change is technique in terms of taking angles to ball pursuers, getting uh, advantages in terms of coverage. You know, you look at all DBs; they all know how to clutch and grab. Sometimes they get caught, sometimes they don't. He'll learn the little tricks in terms of how to hang on to a guy's jersey just long enough so he doesn't get caught. But in terms of just explosiveness at the snap of the ball and pursuing ball carriers, I don't think he's ever going to change, which means he's going to be susceptible to, to getting hurt more times than not. I can't. We can't say it enough. We've talked about this time and time again. He reminds me so much of former Colt safety Bob Sanders. 100%. Bob Sanders, when he played, was one of the best in the game. But he was only 5'8", five, 5'9". But when he played, he was one of the best heat-seeking missiles. But he missed so much time because he hurt himself more than he hurt the opposition. When he was on the field, he helped you so much, but he couldn't stay on the field a ton. Now, they did end up winning one with him. I'm pretty sure he was on that Super Bowl team, but it was a short career. And, yeah, you're right. We'll see. I mean, we'll have to say both guys are not the biggest dudes in the world. Although I will say this, you know, Sidney Brown's put together. He's just not. Oh, yeah. He's just not a big dude. Yeah. 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 Um, so he, yes, for sure. But Miami Derek had 244 total yards in the yep. game. Yep. So you shut down the run game. You try to make them one dimensional, which is what they did Tua going into this game. Derek had only been sacked six times the entire yep. season. Yep. They got to him four times last night. Like yep. the Eagles did everything to shred what Miami had done to almost every, t- I know Buffalo only had on the 20, but to almost every team that they had faced this year. They really, they really put it on him defensively. It was, I think it was a very inspired effort too. Like it was, it was a great game plan, but I, sometimes you give the players props for just really, you know, rising to the moment. And I thought they rose to the moment last night. Yeah. And they were extra motivated by what happened with the Jets. There's no question about that. Nationally televised two, five and one teams after 28 years, the Kelly green uniforms were back. They were on their home turf. They had every incentive they needed to go out there and rectify what they didn't do the week before against the Jets. It was the perfect storm for this team. In the overall bigger picture, uh, as I said on our pregame show going into game into the game, for me, 
It's which offense could control the ball and keep the other offense off the field. And look at the numbers. The Eagles had, Eagles had the ball 36-plus minutes to 23-plus minutes for Miami. Mm-hmm. That's a huge deciding factor in this game. The the one touchdown the Eagles scored uh, to put them up, what, 24-17. I think it was, it was the shortest scoring drive of the night. Nice. It was like a three-minute, 40-some-odd second drive. It was. Uh, Eight-play drive. But they very easily could have lost momentum at that point because that's where Miami got that deflection for the touchdown. Mm-hmm. Now all of a sudden it's 17-17, and the Eagles march right back down the field and take that big mo right back and put them up for good at that point. Yeah, I agree. I, mean, I think it was a great combination of when the defense did their job or took care of their business or, or whatever the case may be, you know, the offense stepped up and did their thing. It, it was it was a really just, just good team effort all, all, all around, um, you know, when you look at it. And you can't say enough. You know, we, we mentioned Jalen Carter earlier, Derek. How about Jordan Davis? I mean, Ooh. the improvement he's made from year one to year two as a complete tackle, not just a run stuffer. He, he is a guy who's effective in the pass game as well. He's he's a complete player. And, and you know, to have – you have four tackles, if you think about it, with Fletcher, Milton Williams, and those two yeah. who aren't specialists. They can, they can – be in there for every every single down. It doesn't matter Absolutely. what it is. Or if, if some team is run heavy, all right, keep them in there. Or they're pass heavy. They don't necessarily have to come out of the game. Well, I will say this. Three of the four for sure could be in there every down. Jordan Davis, I still need to see it. I, and only only because he's like 6'6", 340. Yeah. That's a lot to ask of a guy 6'6", 340. Um, and I'm not saying you can't. I just said I need yeah. to see it. Yeah. Um, but when that ball snapped, and you're an offensive lineman, and I don't care if you are 6'3", 6'4", 3'10", that man is 6'6", 340, you know, exploding off the snap. Yep. And how many times do we see whoever's blocking him, whether it's one man or two men, going backwards instead of forwards? You know, uh, that dude is a load, man. And oh. when the running back hits him in the hole, it's like hitting a stone wall. Yeah, that one play, man, he just – Oh, my goodness. So he oh, occupies his blocker. And he and he sort of just just puts him aside, and then boom, he just engulfs. It's like, it's like standing in the ocean and a wave oh hits you. You're like, <laughs> you know, you can't react to it. You just go down. And, and these are these are it's most have been killing people this year, and it didn't you know matter. What? As fast and as active as his defensive front is, Rob, and I'll say this time and time again. Yeah. I'm just shocked at how many teams that I understand is part of their game plan to test the interior and Eagles do the same thing to see what they can and cannot do. But at some point teams are going to have to learn. You cannot run right at this defensive front. The only way you can have success as good and as fast as this Eagles defense is on the perimeter teams that have success running the football against the Eagles run on the perimeter. Let's face it. And somebody's going to figure that out. There's one team that that'll figure it out is Kansas City. If there's one team, and watch what I'm telling you, when it, Kansas City won't spend a lot of time trying to run at them in the perimeters, uh, run at them between the tackles. They'll try to hit them on the perimeter with the running game, just like they did in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. But I can't believe in a copycat league, more and more teams haven't picked up on this. You now have a seven-game sample. You should already be aware. You're going to have to alter your game plan. You have seven days to alter the running aspect of your game plan. You're not going to run. If these guys stay healthy, you are not going to run between the guard and center on this defensive front, period. Yeah. Yeah, I I think that you bring up a great point here because the Super Bowl basically – look, they they lost it in a lot of ways in the second half defensively. One of them was runs up the middle. Pacheco had a lot of success up the middle against them. And you're thinking to yourself, 
all right, this is a major problem for this team. Yep. They've totally answered it. They're they're now, Derek, the best team against the run in football. That's you know where where they are at this point, and and for all the reasons that we just talked about, I feel like if they're in a playoff game now, whereas that was on the table last year, yeah, I don't think yeah. it's going to be an option for teams this year. I, I just don't think it's right. going to be there. Like for example, right. you know the Eagles are giving up per game on the ground, sixty two point nine. Yep, yep. That's fourteen yards better than even Detroit. That's eighteen yards better than San Francisco. Like. They're kill. They are just nullifying, making teams one dimensional. They yeah, they're forcing teams to be one dimensional. And, and Rob, you know, there's been so much clamor about how the running game is insignificant in the National Football League. If you look at the better teams in the NFL, and, and Seth brought up this point, and, and and we were debating this as well. You look at you look at uh, the Eagles, um, the 49ers. Miami up until last and night. and Miami until last night. They're running the ball with authority. Big time. See, so the running game still has its place in the pro game. Yeah. The running game is significant in terms of setting up the pass game. There's no question about it. So whoever put it out there, whether it's a collusion by the owners, whatever the case may be that we all necessarily need the running game in the national football is a flat-out lie. Yeah. No, Derek, to your point, real quick, the top five teams in rushing are Miami – the winning, 49ers, the Browns, the Ravens, and the Eagles. Uh, not one of those teams has more than, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, two losses. So right. you're looking at, uh, f- what, f- five and two, five and one going into tonight, could be six yep. and one with San Fran. Is, well, Cleveland, are they five? I'll, I'll check Cleveland. Cleveland right. But anyway, I think Cleveland. Baltimore's only got two losses, and the Eagles only have one loss. Yep. So you're right. It tells you all you need to know about where the running game is. And that's why that's why I was shocked. Um, that that the Colts gave Jonathan Taylor all that money because of what that knucklehead owner had to say. Right. But I'm looking. I'm looking at the Colts numbers now. Again, the Colts put up 38 points on that Browns defense that shut down San Francisco's offense. The Colts had 168 yards rushing yesterday, and the running game kept them in. They had three rushing touchdowns, two of them by Gardner Minshew. Mm-hmm. But they had three rushing touchdowns. But the running game, they ran the ball 40 times against Cleveland's defense. Cleveland only threw I – mean, Indianapolis only threw the ball 23 times compared to 40 running, rushing plays. So what does that tell you? That the run game – if the running game is successful, it loosens up a defense. Because once they start cheating to try to defend against the run, that's when you go up top over uh, against uh, yeah. Like I've never bought that, honestly. I've never bought that the the running game doesn't mean anything. Like I do think ultimately you win in this league more because of the passing game than you do the run game. Right, right. But uh, but to say it's insignificant, I don't. I just don't think that that's the case. I really don't. I, sure. And as as witnessed by the records of those teams that are in the top five, they're all good teams. They're all quality teams. If you're able to run the ball and keep teams off balance, it's usually a game changer. One of the reasons Miami wasn't able to do anything last night is because they couldn't run the ball. No, so. Couldn't. I, I and look at the Eagles again. Like Swift didn't go crazy; he still nope. averaged four yards per carry, yep. which he did enough to keep him honest. I, I'll tell you what I'm, and we'll get in the offense in a minute. But what I'm most impressed about with Swift is a he's got he's got some serious moves. There were a couple times last night where it should have oh, been a two or three man. yard loss with some wicked cuts, and and he's also he is a guy who will run it inside. He'll hit it up. He's not afraid to hit it up. He's you know a complete what? running back. DeAndre Swift is, is is my favorite type of running back, similar to what I've always told you about, like 
the Barry Sanders, the Gail Sayers, those dudes that can stick their foot in the ground and shake and bake. Yeah. But be careful because every time he, you know, the, the cuts are so sharp, especially on the surfaces they play on. Those are the kind of running backs that end up all of a sudden clutching their knee. When you when you stick your foot in the ground like that and you can pivot and, and, and change directions on a dime like that, though every time he cuts like that, I'm holding my breath for a second until I see him continuously move or get up after he's tackled. Yeah. Um, his attribute in terms of, you know, he, he's a physical back, but he's not the biggest back. Yeah. He can bounce off tackles and pick up extra yards. But his forte is when those shoulders start moving um, and all of a sudden he's gone. You know, t- Tina's like, Shush D. Gun. Hey, look, I've been watching. <laughs> I've been watching this game a long time. I've covered this game a long time. I've seen running backs like, like him, who have had great measure of success, and all of a sudden, you know, you grab a knee because the, the turf didn't give. Mm-hmm. You know, and because you're playing on these 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 asinine synthetic turfs, wow. you know, and stuff. I hope that doesn't happen with him, man. I'm tell you what. But when he's when he's got the ball in his hands, especially. If he's got a couple of yards between him and a would-be tackler, yep. it, it, it's it's not it's a disadvantage. It's an advantage swift. Totally, totally, totally agree. I mean, I he is that is a steal, and I get it. Look, Detroit has Montgomery's done a good job for them, and they have Gibbs and all that. But the again, it's another heist by Howie Roseman. You got him for nothing, uh, and, and uh, he's become your feature back. To, you know, to the point where Penny's not even active anymore. No. You know, and it's like you're not getting a ton out of Gainwell. It's really the DeAndre Swift show on the ground. All right, let's come back. So a couple things, Derek, we need to tackle with the offense. A, positives. B, some some negatives. And the other part is how severe is this Jalen Hurts injury? Because, you know, he's never going to give you a straight answer. He's never going to no, own up no. to I'm hurting. He's always going to no. give you the I'll be fine, this and that. But it it clearly something was good. You could see it was that play on the sideline. I, I, look, I think it happened in the Rams game, but it was a play last night that aggravated it on the sideline after that scramble. And you could tell it took him a minute to kind of get back, and he was a little gimpy. So we'll talk about that when we come back, get into the offense. A little later, we'll get into the Phillies. We'll do our NFL segment, birthdays, movies, all that good stuff. He's Derek. I'm Rob. We're sports take. All right, let's talk about Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group because it, it is hard to, to, to find the right person that you can trust that knows what they're doing on top of that. And that's Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group. Whether it's retirement planning, 401k review, insurance review, you need help with employee benefits, that's another resource. If you're seeing some trends that you like, that you don't like, you can reach out to Jim and he'll walk you through it and and set you on the best path for you. Personally, I've entrusted my IRA, my 401k rollovers with Jim, and I couldn't be any happier. You will be too. Give him a call. 610-996-4751. 996-4751. You could also email him as well. Murray, M-U-R-R-A-Y dot Jim at principal.com. That's Murray dot Jim at principal.com.
If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. My name is Dr. Bruce Grossinger. And I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to most to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Win and save this baseball season from Colony Pools and Power Washing, a local company serving Delaware, Delco, and Chester County since 1970. Are you tired of looking at your greenhouse? Is your roof, siding, deck stained green from algae and mold? Let the experts pressure wash your home and take the pressure off of you. Win with Colony Pools and Power Washing. Call them now at 302-762-2250. That's 302-762-2250. Let's keep it rolling. Yes, Sports Take on this Monday. That's Derek Dunn. I'm Rob Ellis hanging out with you. We're uh, recapping the Eagles' big win last night on Sunday Night Football at Lincoln Financial Field. It was the Kelly Green night. The Eagles showed out for sure and really took it to the Dolphins. But there there were some scary things. Um, You know, you saw Jalen Hurts. A little bit gimpy, a little bit kind of struggling with his gait uh, at the end of that second quarter. And it did, Derek, you're right. It looked, they had Mariota warming up at one point. Hey, hey, hey. Do, uh, yeah, that you, game changes on a dime if that's the case. Do you want to see Marcus Mariota in the game? Uh, no. Uh, hey. Unless look, it's taking a knee and the game's a blowout, uh, absolutely, unequivocally not. And if I can't emphasize this enough, the fact that Jalen said after the game, said, we'll see. We'll yes. see. That tells me no, yes, no, no. There's something. There's something going on there that nobody said in that organization yet. See, now, will he have that brace on for the Washington game? Because if he does, it changes his ability to to take off and run. Right. Now, even before that brace, we've been talking all season about Jalen looks a little slower. You know, he's not running with that acceleration that we're accustomed to seeing him run with. 
Mm-hmm. Is he more calculated in his decision-making? Has the team emphasized doing a better job of taking care of your body because we need you for 17 games and not 14 or 15 games with this gauntlet of teams that we have to face, which could be critical in terms of us jockeying for the number one seeding um, when it comes to playoffs. Mm -hmm. And now we're starting to hear more and more about this. You know, he got hurt in the Jets game. No, no, no. He got hurt in the Rams game. Uh, And now we see a knee brace on. Mm -hmm. So that's something to keep a close eye on, man, because um, a knee brace can only do so much. You know, it stabilizes it a lot better, yes, especially when he cuts on it. It stabilizes it so that joint, those two joints are not rubbing like this, which could lead to something more serious. But that's something definitely to keep an eye on for games to come, especially this next four or five games. Yeah, you just hope it's not one of those situations where it's like week to week and you know he's not himself and he's out there, and, you know, and the whole thing, man. Uh, you, you just hope that that's not what it is, that he just tweaked something a little bit last uh, last night and, you know, the, you'll take it easy on him this week and he'll be good to go. So we'll, we'll find out. We'll certainly find out whether it's the – he had the brace on the knee. I know Dag's bringing up the ankle surgery that he had. Uh, you know, for sure. And that's a, that's a legitimate concern. He had that, uh, you know, he had the, we know the shoulder injury last year. That was just kind of a bad luck where a guy fell on him hard. Yep. Uh, but yeah, I mean, and, and you know what, I will say the ironic part is, I guess he's clearly trying to protect himself. I mean, if you, you see some of those plays, Derek, where they're, where the defense blows it up, he's just willing to go down. Whereas last year he's trying to, to, to juke or he's yes. trying to take a guy yes. on. He's not. And I'm okay with that. It's That's not all right. That's all right. He, he's trying to be more cautious. And it's just it's football. Stuff happens. I mean, look at look at look at, the, look at the pass rushes he's faced the last couple of weeks. And again, the Eagles offensive line, when it comes to run blocking, much yeah. better than pass blocking. Because both the Jets and Miami put heat on Jalen last night. And in both games, he was a he, he had the ability still to escape. Yep. And by time, the one throw where he, the one time he escaped to his right and kept floating and threw a perfect strike to AJ down the field, you know that was vintage Jalen. Huh. Um, as long as he can do that, now he's going to take some sacks, obviously. Mm-hmm. But the offensive line, I don't know what it is, but the offense. And, and, and let me ask you this: Did did Lane Johnson give him his first official sack? Last night, uh, since November of 2020? It looked like it, Derek. Now, I'd have to go back. I'd have to check it. PFF usually has those things. Yes. I, 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 I didn't look. It looked – you're asking me the blind eye? It looked like it looked like Lane's guy. Yeah, it did. I'm telling I, I haven't you. seen anybody mention that, uh, which means maybe he didn't get – is credit the right word? He, he didn't get issued the sack. See, I, 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 to be honest, Rob, I thought his guy got the pressure to force the issue, but then the guy well, came PFF through the PFF recorded middle. it. Tone, Tone just said PFF recorded it. Thank you. So man. he did give up a sack. Yes. Yep, That's the streak's right. over. Look, it was look, 2020. Man. He went three years, basically, without giving up a sack. And look, man, how many offense, offensive tackles, even pro bowlers, Hall of Famers, can say yeah. they went through almost three years without giving up a sack? Yeah, and, and let's face it, too. He's playing Most, on a gimpy ankle. Most guys aren't playing that game last night. No, that the no. kind of sprain. I, I I saw a doctor say the other uh, it was I think it was yesterday during the day. That that sprain that he has, that lateral sprain, is usually a four to six week injury. The dude's playing the very next week. So uh, exactly. if I'm if I'm going to give anybody a pass, in, 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 and not that he played bad, no, I did for, for, for giving one up. I, I'll Lane Johnson gets one as far as I'm concerned. When you, know? you when you consider the ankles injuries he's had throughout his career, and 
initially it was diagnosed as a high ankle sprain, which is bad. Then it was reduced to a lesser ankle sprain, an ankle sprain that could have kept a lot of guys out. He got his butt out there on the field and still played well. He gave up one sack in a little under three years. Look, man, that's Lane Johnson. There's yeah, I mean, nobody what, what, tougher. Gunner, the run that he and Kelsey are on, what we may never see again no, in terms of no. not allowing sacks. Hey, or, no. uh, it, it's insane how good the two of them have been. Kelsey's played what 140 something consecutive games. He's yeah, he's only behind Jake Matthews uh, in, in Atlanta. Yeah, I mean his. I have it actually. The, so and the, the man's 34, 35 years old. What it, is he? He's he's third all time in games played too, behind BG and, and Dawkins. Unbelievable, uh, Kelsey. So um, he started a franchise record 146 consecutive regular season games. It's the second longest streak in the NFL right now. Behind just Jake Matthews. So, he, I mean, it's it's crazy what he's doing. It is. Uh, speaking of, let's go A.J. Brown here. So, uh, I, I mentioned a little bit earlier, Derek, uh, what A.J.'s done. But let's just, just to reiterate it one more time because it's actually that impressive. So, A.J. Brown, he's gone 131, 175, 127, 131, and 137. So uh, That's yards per game over his last five. So, how about this? He's the second player since the NFL and AFL merged in 1970. Jeez. Scored 125-plus receiving yards, five consecutive games. The only other dude who's done it is Megatron. Jeez. Well, Dude, dude that, that dude is a grown man. His catch radius, his hand, ridiculous. Um, that, that ball he caught, that 42-yard gainer, with two guys draped over oh. him, was a thing of beauty, man. And initially you thought he scored, but then when you looked at the review, he was down at the one. But that that pass he caught, and he's done that before. It's not like that was a, a novelty. He's done his hand rate, his hand radius is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. He doesn't drop many. You know, if it's in his area code and he gets his hands on it, that's a catch. But what he's done over the last five games is phenomenal. And I hope he gets 1,800 yards. I hope he, I hope he ends up being the number one receiver in the National Football League. It hasn't happened for an Eagles receiver since a guy named Mike Quick back in the 80s. Right. 83. Mike Quick had 1409 in 83. That's the last time an Eagles receiver led the National Football League in receiving yards. Think about that. Yeah. That's 40, 40 years. years ago. 40 years ago. Well, and the other thing is, first of all, props to Mike Quick because they didn't throw nearly as much back then. That tells no, you how great no. Mike Quick was. And he was great. Great, great, great. But, yeah, I mean – Derek, what we're seeing here, like I didn't think I'd see a more dominant start to a season than what we saw in T.O. from T.O. in 2004. Oh, oh. We're seeing oh, it. Oh, my goodness. You know, we're seeing it. Yes. Every single and, week. And I understand I understand. there's a buddy-buddy system between A.J. and Jalen Hurts. So be it. Yeah. And I understand other guys might be frustrated. Number one, they're not complaining about it openly. Now, ball catchers like Goddard, Devontae Smith, they want the ball. Yep. If you're if you're a pass catcher in college football or the pros and you don't want the ball, you need to switch positions. Yeah, pass catchers want the ball. That's understandable. Yep. We saw AJ's frustration a few games ago. Mm -hmm. Pass catchers want the ball, no question about that. Yeah, and when you got a guy as physical now, AJ's not the fastest guy, but he's quick enough to get behind defenders. We've seen that time and time again. Yeah, his he's a big body guy. DBs can't cover him hard, one on one. Because you can't get around him. He's bigger than most DBs he's playing against. 
and his hand radius, man, is like catcher's mitts. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Thank you, Tennessee, for giving giving oh. AJ Brown to the Eagles for a song and a dance. Derek, he has more receiving yards than all of their receivers combined. Think about that. He's got more receiving yards through through seven games than all of their guys, their receivers do combined. I mean, that that's the kind of tear and pace that this guy's on right now. So just, just for the season, he's got 52 catches already for 809 yards. He's averaging 15.6 yeah. yards per catch, too. Right. He's, he's almost averaging 16 per catch. I mean, it, it, it's dominance, what, what, you know, what we're seeing here. And and I, I, I agree there. You make a good point. Like, I know Devontae Smith isn't, you know, dominating right now or putting up big numbers um it'll come it'll there, come he's too good yeah. for it not to happen you know but but let's be real about this too and i love Devonte smith but aj brown is 1a and that's pretty clear Devonte's 1b like I will they're, say not on, they're not on a level playing field he's aj yeah, brown's I, better i will say this Devonte smith is a better route runner but aj is a better pass catcher yes and yes. Devontae is an excellent pass catcher. Yep. You look at some of the catches he makes. Devontae is a better route runner. He's a better technician in running routes. But AJ is a physical ball catching specimen. He is a grown bleep man. Plain and simple. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. I mean, he is. And he is built, you know, more like a linebacker or running back, which means you combine those hands with that size and that strength that. You're going to get so many yards after catch. Um, no, it was great. So AJ's been absolutely awesome. And and again, the return of Goddard that that can't be, you know, underemphasized here. Five catches, seventy-seven yards, more than fifteen yards per catch, and a touchdown. I think this was one of the things that took Brian Johnson a minute to figure out how to best utilize him with what other teams are doing right now. And and this is we gave Desai a lot of love. This is where I'll give Brian Johnson a little bit of love. He, I think he's figured out. Okay, this is what works best for for Dallas. He's comfortable with this. Uh, Jalen's comfortable with this. Whatever. I mean, he's now that you have those two going. If, if you can get Devonte going, you know, to the level we know he's capable of, they're a really hard team to stop in the air. Look at how many games it took before Goddard had his breakout game, his one hundred yard game. Yeah. Before that game, he had like eight catches for eighty something yards, which was yes. ridiculous. Yep. And then all of a sudden he has his breakout game against a hundred yards. And the way he was used yesterday is the way I would hope they would use him the entire season. That's Dallas. That's vintage Dallas Goddard right there. Yeah. There are certain series. Look by the end, by the end of the first half, he had six catches for what was it? 50 something yards and a yep. touchdown. Yep. He had one catch the entire second half, but it was a big catch. Mm-hmm. See, so I think that's the way you're going to utilize Dallas Goddard. I mean, when you have A.J. on one side, Devontae on another side, and Swift coming out of the backfield, there's only only so many balls to go around. And when defenses start keying on those three guys, all of a sudden, Dallas Goddard, hey, I'm standing wide open right here. Yeah. Get him the ball. Get him the ball. That's how. You, that's the best way to utilize him. Yeah, I agree. You know, he's not – let's wait. He's not going to be – a thousand yard receiver like a Travis Kelsey. No, he's going to be eight hundred, seven hundred, eight hundred yes. guy. Yeah, which is fine. Two different style. They're two different style of t- styles of tight ends. You yeah. know, Travis Kelsey is is a big wide receiver playing tight end. Yes, I've never seen a guy who you know is the focal point of an offense from a tight end position like a Travis Kelsey, and it's constantly open whether he's sitting stop. down in a hole yeah. or whether he's running his slant routes. Yeah, 
he is second to none. There's a reason why he's had seven straight thousand-yard seasons. Yeah. yeah. See, but you know what? Dallas Goddard ain't no slouch. No, I mean, all right. Back to your point. Uh, weeks, first three weeks, last um, first four games, first four games. Thirteen catches, eighty-eight yards. That's through the first four games. Last three games, eighteen catches, two hundred and thirty-six yards. So he's he's come on. You know, last night was five for seventy-seven. He's really come on. So he's again. I think it's it's a credit to him. I think it's credit to the coaches for kind of figuring it out a little bit. And I, you know, look down deep. I, I know Jay. Look, he's always going to have AJ as his go-to, but I yep. do think he wants to, if possible, spread it around, keep guys happy. It's not the it's not priority one, but it's something in a team setting that you want to make sure that guys get their touches. <clears throat> so I think that was a a focal point, and I think. Yeah, they tried to get Devontae going early, if you noticed last night. It, it, he, he had a couple catches, but it didn't right. manifest itself as a big game. AJ, it was a little bit slower of a start. Then he started coming on and, See, and I, getting hot. I'm not concerned about keeping people happy. I'm talking – my only concern is what what is the best flow of the offense when it comes to the passing game? And the best flow of the offense is getting the ball to AJ Brown. Okay. Now, you have enough talent. Devontae can kill you. Dallas can kill you. DeAndre Swift can kill you. But if you look at every team, every quarterback has his favorite pass catcher. You know, whether it's Justin Jefferson in Minnesota, you know, so Stefan Diggs, so on and so forth, Tyreek Hill. Every quarterback has his go-to guy. Jalen has his. That's just the way it is. Everybody else, you just get the scraps that are left. And the fact that A.J. has five consecutive games of well over 125 yards, it tells me that's not going to change unless somehow, some way you can blanket AJ and take him completely out of a game. And when you do, somebody else is going to hurt you. That's the only way you stop an AJ Brown. You, you What's that old f- funny saying? You, you can't stop him. You can only hope, only to, hope contain to contain him. him. Yeah. yeah. It's the old Dan that's, Patrick line. Yep. That's right. That, and that's the case with AJ Brown. You can't stop him. You can only hope to contain him. All right. Speaking of. I don't know that you can stop it or contain it. Tush push last night, four for four, Derek. Oh, yeah. They went for the tush push on their own 36 and 27-yard line. Like, that is brass stones uh, from from Nick Sirianni to do that. And they rewarded him by by getting it all four times last night. The first time, Sirianni calls a timeout. Yeah. He was going to play, I think. And then decides to go for it. You know what? That takes a lot of balls to call that play. Deep in your own end zone, a game like this against an explosive offense like that on the other side of the field. But once again, they basically tell anybody and everybody who lines up against, stop us if you can. You just can't. You can't. Mr. Taz, sorry. Brotherly shove. My bad. Uh, Uh, And and that is trademarked. But no, you're right. It's it's domination is what it is. Here's the other uh, interesting thing, um, you know, regarding the tush push and, and what they've been able to do. <clears throat> with this there's so many so many variables to this thing <clears throat> so there's 17 for 20 <clears throat> excuse me 85 percent this year with the brotherly shove six for six Derek in their own territory yep so yep. they're not afraid to do it anywhere on the field and it's worked in their own territory six times yeah no oh no no, no question about it um and and if I'm the Eagles and you heard after the game Nick Sirianni um you know promotes uh, it should stay in the game it's a decisive advantage for us nick you're the only one who 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 says you should keep it everybody else is trying to get it outlawed so if i'm nick sirianni i'm telling my guys 
Hey, guys, let's enjoy it to the nth degree because after this season, I got a feeling there's going to be changes made to it. Yeah. You know, you know it's coming. You, there's too many people clamoring against it, you know, and you know it's coming. There's going to be some kind of alteration. You can't take away the quarterback sneak, but there's going to be alterations in terms of what you can do. Um, and, and, and I think the referees are – are, are, are miscalling it because for the they second They blew it on that. They, they, they called they the Eagles that. for being in the, in the, in the uh, offsides. They weren't you know offsides. You know what that was? They claim it was Landon Dickerson's hand offside. It was Kelsey's hand. It was Kelsey's hand because Kelsey said when they go to the tush push, he puts both hands in the dirt. And they called Landon Dickerson. And even if you look at it from that side view, even with both hands in the dirt, his hand wasn't offside. If anything, Miami was offside. I forget who they use on the uh, on the NBC broadcast. Whoever their 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 referee in the booth is, whatever. He was he 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 looked at and said, "Eagles aren't doing anything illegal there. They're not offsides. There was nothing wrong with that." So, but that's the uh, second game that's happened. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is, and that that's complaining from the other side trying to alert the officials to something that isn't there. It's exactly what it is. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. And that's, so, and that's... But, the, but the bottom line is they keep dominating. You know, the other thing is it's a little risky, Gunner, you know, doing it with a guy who's got a little bit of a bad knee. Yeah, you know, yes. they, And they weren't, they weren't afraid to do it, but they did it. No, no. And you're talking about because he's got to push himself. And if there is some irritation in that knee, even with a knee brace on, that straight-ahead push is also putting strain on that. I don't care if you are squatting 600 pounds. The bottom line is there's something going on with the knee that we don't know about yet. And when you keep asking him for that push, it looks good now. They were four for four doing it. Yep. You know, eventually, it starts to catch up to you, man. It does. Yep. Yeah, I agree with you. So that, that was dominant. The other thing is that we talked about before the game was time of possession is going to be critical here. And they end up with almost a quarter advantage over the Miami Dolphins last night. The Eagles had it for 36-43 to 23-17. Keep them off the field. Sustainable drives. You know, I I thought there would probably be more running than they did. Whatever. I don't care how they do it. But just, you know, I think a big part of that, Derek, was there were three and outs. This is where you credit the defense and not necessarily even the Eagles, Eagles offense because they got Miami off the field, you know, a lot more than they're accustomed to, for sure. Um, the thing I like about the run, the run game in general is they, they went back to the commitment. They got away from it against the jets. They go back and they had 34 running plays. Now, granted Jalen had 21 official carries. Some were scrambles out of necessity. Some were called, called running plays, but he had 11 carries for 21 yards. That's too many carries for my quarterback, especially if he's getting dinged up every week. It's just a little bit too much. Yeah. So, but they had the 34 running plays compared to 31 pass plays. You know, that's balanced at its finest right there. And, you know, they only ran for 99 yards, but it was an effective 99 yards. It got necessary yardage when they needed it. It got first downs when they needed it. It wasn't a 150-yard outing. It wasn't a 200-yard outing like they ran for earlier in the week, but it was an efficient running game to keep that Dolphins defense honest, you know. Dolphins did a pretty good job of defending against the run. The Dolphins did a pretty good job of attacking Jalen. I thought they blitzed a lot more than I thought they were going to blitz yeah. against Jalen Hurts, but they did. You know, they made some plays on it, and they got burned on a few plays as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and every week, I, I did. I was I was looking through my notes last night. Look at the collection of defensive coordinators the Eagles have faced this year. 
Okay. It's an all-star team of defensive coordinators, okay? Belichick, Brian Flores, Todd Bowles, <clears throat> Jack Del Rio, Raheem Morris, Robert Sala. Still to come, Dan Quinn, Steve Spagnola, Sean McDermott, Wink Martindale, and Steve Wilkes out in San Francisco. Yeah. Yep. That is Fangio a, last night. Yep. Fangio yep. last night. That is a heck of a gauntlet of defensive minds to go through, and they're standing here at 6-1. and one. Well, you're right. And, and and back to just with the Dolphins, and we talked about this last week. I kept trying to tell people this Dolphins defense is not impressive. They weren't right. they don't do right. anything particularly well. It's not to right. say they don't have some standout players, but they like Jalen Phillips is a beast. They have some other good players, but they, they were just mediocre across the board against the run, against the pass, like yeah. points per game. So I felt like the Eagles offense was going to be able to do some things. I thought the problem was going to be the defense. I didn't think the back end was going to be able to contain, you know, Hill and Waddle and and, and that group. But they that's really where the – to me, if I'm giving out like a game ball to I, – I, I would get Desai a game ball. Uh, I would give Slay a game ball for his interceptions uh, interception. And I would go with the young guys on, on the defensive end, the 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 back end of it, for, for really holding up and not – the thing is, you gave a few up, but that's okay. But you didn't get crushed. It wasn't one of those games where you see like Tyree Kill going for 220 yards and shredding you. I, it, it worked out very well. So I give them a lot of a lot of credit for the way that that went last well, night. Now you, you look at look at Slay's interception. That was a product of somebody in Miami's offense running the wrong routes because you had two receivers within five yards of each other. Right. Two had threw the ball off his back foot and underthrew the ball. And basically, it floated, and 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 Slade turned around just in time to see where the ball is. Peer, uh, you know, wheeled off of his his guy he was covering towards the end zone, and boom, basically standing right there to pick it off. I don't care how you get a pick, pick is a pick. But mm -hmm. Miami, here's another scenario: Miami did not whatever they were doing. Somebody lost concentration. There's no way you should have had two receivers in the same vicinity that close to each other on a ball thrown like that. Yeah, there was a miscommunication for sure. Yeah, so yeah, for sure. There's no doubt about that. Um, all right, now a lot of good. Yeah. The bad. Um, Jalen on the on the first turnover, the the fumble held the ball way too long. Yep. It had a Carson Wentz kind of feel, not having a clock in your head. Just just get rid of it. It's okay. Been doing it all season. Been doing, doing it all season. season. Yeah. Um, uh, and then the obviously the interception is deflected, which maybe you don't beat him up for as much. I don't. I, like, I don't know that I give him a pass for that. Some people do. He It still got deflected, and it was a pick six. But Well, he's not, up to, only, not only that, yeah. Rob, he's standing there looking at the defender coming at him. Yeah. You know, why don't you pump faking in and pirouette outside of him? You stood where you were and just threw the ball. The dude jumped up and deflected. Touchdown. Exactly. Exactly. So, so that's here's another a, mental mistake. It is. And he's up to 10 for the season. Eight interceptions, two wow. fumbles. That's more than he had – all of last year. Yep. Um, that's got to get corrected because I know they won last night, but I'm telling you in, in, in a Niners game or a Seattle game or a whatever, all like we know all the Dallas. games they play. Dallas. That's how you lose. It could be the difference, but it could be a seven-point game or a three-point margin because of the turnovers. He's He was so good at taking care of the football last year. It, it's, it's so not like him. I just think it's – just something you got to correct, man. I, I, the biggest thing that I would hammer to him this week, if I'm Nick, is, hey, Jalen, we got a punt, we got a punt, man. It's all right. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. We, we, now, you know, let's trust our defense here. When they face Dallas, Dallas's defensive front 
is faster than Miami's. So he's going to be forced to make decisions even quicker. And what we've seen of him up to this point have left left us in some cases with our mouths hanging open because of some of the decisions he's made. So that that mechanism in his head and these timing routes and stuff like that is going to be expedited because of the speed of Dallas's front. You look at Washington's front. Washington has one of the better defensive front four in the game. Mm-hmm. You know, they got three, what, four first round picks on that defensive front. Yep. And they're coming, you know, and they gave him they gave Jalen some problems last game. Yeah. You know, so whatever, whatever he's going through that has got him to this point where we're sitting there going, what the heck is going on with Jalen? Right. He's going to have back-to-back games where he's going to have to figure this thing out a little bit quicker than, than even against Miami's front. Yeah. And, and again, this is um, the good thing is he likes to be coached up. He's not one who cowers to it. He doesn't pull a Wentz. Like Nick can get on him. Brian Johnson can get on the quarterbacks, go whatever. All these guys, he's open to it. He realizes you and you saw it. Mm-hmm. I, even the cutaways on, on the, on the TV broadcast, if you weren't at the game after the pick, he's, he is even, you could tell he was stewing. Like he's always stone faced, but he was especially ticked off at himself after that yeah, play. You yeah. just know it. He'll never cop to it publicly, but you know, he's, he's angry at himself for sure. And, and, and he should be because that's not anywhere near close to Jalen. We saw in 2022. No. Um, and again, is is a lot of what we're seeing this year a byproduct of an injury? I know that's the other thing. I don't the, know. Yeah, is the reason why Derek he doesn't want to take on a guy in an open field rather yeah. than just go down is because he's sore, man, and he doesn't want to aggravate yeah. that thing yeah. any further. The thing is, we're never going to know because he's no. never. First of all, he's never going to admit it publicly. Secondly, he's not the type to put something out there through an agent. No. So, to, so you feel sorry for him. That's not the way he operates. He, he's a no excuse kind of guy. Plus, plus, you don't. If you put that out there, you want the opposition to know that you're you're hurt, and, right. and, and there's ways that we can attack you totally. to, to our benefit. No, yep. you're not putting it out there. Mm-hmm. But if it turns out it's a little bit more than what we're talking about, I, Eagles could Eagles could get in trouble. This cloak and dagger with with Jalen right now, and maybe we're making too much of it. Maybe it's just soreness. Maybe it's a tweak. We yeah. don't know, but it you could know be what? a typical thing that happens during a game. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, but Rob, the most minute injuries have to be put on injury reports. That's a mandate by the league. Right. You have to put that out there. You know, the league keeps track of this stuff. And, and if the Eagles are hiding stuff like that, it, and if it comes out, they're subject to a fine for that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, especially now, Derek, with gambling. Oh, geez. Okay, because now they the league it's always this has always been the dirty little secret, but it but it's absolutely now part of this thing, part of this equation. Hey, good stat from uh, EJ Smith who covers the birds for uh, for the Inquirer. Yeah. Eli Ricks, who we talked about, who had a really good game, fourteen coverage snaps uh, against the Dolphins Sunday was targeted three times, all against Tyree Kill. He allowed zero catches on those targets, including a pass breakup and one drop. He had a heck of a game. There, there, I think there's something there with that kid. Like I do too. Yeah. Uh, hungry. I think he's hungry. You know, goes from barely uh, making a roster to getting cut and then brought back to the practice squad. I think he's hungry. And, and I think his speed was the only speed that could come close to keeping up with the likes of a Tyreek Hill. Um, he's not the biggest kid out there, but he's fearless. Yep. And he just wanted, he wants a chance to play and showcase what he can do. Um I like everything about him. Young guy, speed, 
uh, doesn't back down, can cover these fast receivers that in, in the National Football League. Still a little raw, but that's okay, though, because he's getting valuable playing experience. It's only going to help him and the team when you get to December and January. Yep. Yeah, no question. That That's the... The, the positive coming out of the injuries is that these guys are getting time and, and some of them yeah. are really starting to stand out and show you that they're that they can play. All right, let's get a timeout. We will come back and talk some uh, talk some fills. Can they advance there? Can they put it away tonight? I'll give you a good stat on what the Phillies record is in clinching games. okay? We'll do that when we come back. We'll look at mm-hmm. Nola tonight, what Wheeler did on Saturday what Schwarber and Harper are doing a a lot of Phillies discussion when we come back as they can move on to the world series with a win five o'clock five Oh seven. In fact, uh, tonight. All right. That's Derek. I'm Rob. We are sports take. Let's talk about proaction restoration, proaction restoration. They are the place that you reach out to. If your home, your business, a property you own goes through the pain and the inconvenience of water, fire, smoke, or mold damage. Uh, and you're not really sure what to do, how to deal with it, or it's just overwhelming to you. Well, the good thing is ProAction Restoration is on call 24 hours, seven days a week to assist. Anytime you have an issue, you can call them and they will be there. I could tell you that from personal experience. I had an issue on a Saturday morning and they got right out and cleaned up the place. Professional. The crew was, was amazing. The price was right. It was a real pleasure to deal with them. Uh, ProAction Restoration is licensed, bonded, fully insured. They've been serving the tri-state area for more than two decades ProAction will work in conjunction with your insurance company. So water, fire, smoke damage, mold remediation, any of the above, you name it, they can handle it. Give them a call, 610-623-3760, 610-623-3760, or online at ProActionRestoration.com. That's ProActionRestoration.com. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, We've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to most to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. 
Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community, at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. So Good Now helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Back, Eric, Rob, hanging out with you. Monday, great Monday, great Monday. Eagles take care of business last night, and Derek, we set up now for a game six, a clincher uh, for the Philadelphia Phillies. Boy, I'll tell you, we sat here Friday, and we were coming off a pretty bad loss on Thursday, but that didn't compare to what went down on Friday. No. When the Phillies blew the lead, and Kimbrell blew, blew it again. And, Five-two lead, yep. Oh, my God. And you're saying to yourself, I don't know that they can respond to this. I'm like, I don't know that they're going to be able to overcome this thing. And a lot of teams wouldn't have. But to the Phillies' credit, they jumped on uh, the Diamondbacks in a big way in the first inning. Uh, the double steal, Harper comes in, and he doesn't have any choice. He's got to lay into the catcher a little bit as he slides in, um, and he gets the steal at home. And they, they, you know, they get up to nothing. I thought that was really critical to get up early. And then, you know, obviously Wheeler just takes it from there and he's spectacular again, seven innings, one run, but what a, what a big time win that was. Um, I'm looking at Wheeler and you talk about a crafty picture. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at Wheeler early on in that game and you look at uh, the type of pitches he's, he's throwing and um, the velocity was down a bit early on in terms of the fastball. I think he knew in, and I think Rob Thompson and him discussed it. Man, we need at least seven out of you in this game. It's right. mandatory. We get seven. Because if you look at the latter, latter innings, he was in there. He was His breaking pitch, first of all, his breaking pitches were off the charts. Yeah. And then all of a sudden he popped the fastball. The fastball's hit 96-97 in the fifth and sixth innings. Mm-hmm. You know, usually the velocity decreases the longer you pitch. Right. His velocity increased. So I believe he was pacing himself yeah. and because of his repertoire of breaking pitches and how he, how badly he had them off, off, off balance. He was able to set that up and, and, and go to his power stuff a little bit better in the latter stages of that game. That was huge in terms of taking momentum back from Arizona. Oh, listen, no question about it. No, I, I thought that he, <clears throat> he was great as he has been. You know, throughout this, he's been great as a Philly period. Like it, it's one of the best free agent signings they've ever made um, yep. as an organization yep. period. So he was great. Seven innings, one run, eight strikeouts, no walks. How about this, Derek? Through 10 playoff starts for, for Zach Wheeler, the opponents are hitting 164 against them with a 211 on base percentage and a 256 slugging percentage. Jeez. Uh, you know, you, you can't ask for anything more than, than what he's been doing for them. So he was, he's been awesome. Uh, I give him all the credit in the world. And the other thing is what you really saw in that game too, was Schwarber and Harper saying, we're not losing this game. Right. Just not, right. You know, and, and that, they that Bob Schwarber hit my goodness. Oh, oh my yeah. goodness. Two home runs in the sixth inning, 
Um, you know, Schwarber hits a moonshot, and then two batters later, Harper follows up with his own. And, you know, you start looking at the historical numbers here for Schwarber. He's got 20 postseason home runs. It's the yeah. most ever by a lefty. And he did it in less games than Reggie did it. Yeah, he did. Because I yeah, see people all the time saying, well, he played more playoff games. They do play more now, but Schwarber hasn't played more than Reggie did. No. To get there. I think Reggie was like, wasn't it like 40-something compared to 20-something for Schwarber? Yeah, I forget exactly what it is, but yeah. it, it's crazy, man. It really is. Yeah, and he's not done yet. He, he might jack another one or two tonight. Yeah. Uh, and who knows? They get to the World Series, he's going to jack a few more in the World Series. Yeah. You know, whoever they play, whether it's Texas or Houston. Um, you know, we, we joke about his below the Mendoza line batting average, but what he provides in the power power category and the most unorthodox leadoff hitter you ever want to see. He's not a, he's not he's not going to steal a lot of bases. He'll yep. steal just enough. He'll attempt to steal just enough. Yep. But what he gives you in terms of run production from that spot, he's he's the igniter. Let's yep. face it, he's the igniter in the offense. He is, and you know, and like the even the other day, uh, coming off that bad loss on Friday, Shorter was on base four times. Yes. He had a home run, a double, and he walked twice. Like, for all the people that complain, you know, he's not your traditional leadoff guy. What do you want from your leadoff person? You want him to get on base. You want him to score runs. You want to produce runs. That's what he does. That's what he He does. He does it. Unconventional, but he does it. It's all that matters. All right. Let me me give you this number, Derek. Clinching games in the Phillies history in this this kind of situation. Uh 15 and 4. In clinching games, it's a 789 win percentage. That's a good number. Uh, they dominate at Citizens Bank Park six and oh this postseason playing at the bank. Okay, uh, one step further, they've out homer their opponents 21 to three in their eight playoff sick, wins. Sick destruction. And I'll tell you what, had they played those, those two games in Arizona, uh, at, at, at the bank. Look at some of the deep fly balls they hit. They would have been out of Citizens Bank Park. Totally. You know, Arizona has much deeper dimensions and, and yep. kept the ball in the park. Mm-hmm. Those balls would have been out, which would have changed the complexion of those games completely had those balls gone out in Arizona. Yeah. So now they come back to a, a smaller park that's right up the alley. They're back in Arizona's not ready. Uh, okay, they've, they've been here twice. Arizona's not ready for what's coming up at five oh seven tonight. Yeah, that was that a crowd. What? Oh, Nola's pitching. And again, Nola has been phenomenal his last six starts. I still have my reservations about Nola. Mm-hmm. It's a big spot for him tonight. But based on his last six performances, I feel good about Nola taking the hill and putting this thing away. But you got this team, the way they swat home runs in their ballpark, their fan base behind them, and, and a resurgent Aaron Nola on the hill. I like everything about this matchup tonight. Arizona, you were a great story. You put up a good fight. Now it's time for you to make your tea times. Uh, but to Nola, to your point. All right. So three playoff starts this year, he went six innings, didn't allow a run against Arizona, uh, on, uh, on last Tuesday. Okay. And a 10, nothing Phillies win. Yep. All right. Then, uh, prior to that, Atlanta five and two thirds, six hits, two runs. Take that all day. Prior to that, Miami, he went, he, and again, this is, you know, what we're talking about here with the way he, some of the adjustments he's made, you know, all that stuff, seven innings. Three hits, no runs. That's that, that's just the postseason. If you could take it back a step further, Pittsburgh, six and two thirds, one run. Atlanta, six innings, 
two runs. That's a, that's just the last five starts that he's made. That that yeah, mechanical yeah. adjustment or whatever it was. I don't know if it's just confidence. He's feeling good about himself. Whatever. That guy's straight dealing right now, and this is a way to just cement it, yeah. to drive it home if he gets this one tonight. And then you know, and then here we go. And the beauty is, Derek, with the way that this thing's timed out, if you can win. You sit back and chill and, and follow what's going on with the Rangers and the Astros. Now, you're interested in that, obviously, because whoever wins would play the Phillies if they win. But mm-hmm. if the Astros win, Phillies get home field advantage. Yep. You know how big that's been. They don't. You know they're, they're, They start off on the road in, in uh, Texas against that's the exactly. uh, Rangers. World Series is games one and two are Friday, Saturday. That's the uh, the schedule for the World Series. So that's what they would uh, they would end up playing there. Um you know, other than that, I mean, the like we talked about, the ALCS has been really weird. So the Rangers go into Houston and win the first two, and you're thinking, oh, my God, they might sweep them. Yeah, exactly. The Astros respond, win the next three yeah. in Dallas. Yep. And then last night, I'm thinking, all right, it's over. They're going to come back with all the momentum at their place, and they lose again. They lose again, Houston, at home. So, you know, this is what, this is what you ask for, man, in sports. You, you, you get a game seven here. I told you I love playoff baseball. It's so unpredictable, the highs and lows, the ebbs and flows of playoff baseball. And even if you're not a fan of Texas or Houston, it's just good drama back and forth. I love the fact that the defending champs in in, in Texas, which made a lot of moves before the trade deadline to get better in the pitching department and stuff, are facing a seventh game. And because of what you just mentioned, the road team has been successful in, in all six games. This is so unpredictable tonight and so drama filled. Now I'll peek in, but you know me first and foremost. I got to watch this football game tonight. I got to watch the Niners play tonight. Yeah, you know, but I got to peek in on this game. So this is the game I'll have the football game on the TV and the baseball game on my phone again. You know, yeah. I got to yeah. keep tabs on. Playing oh, sure. Yeah. Look, I, I think I'm excited, man. It's a, it's a great sports night, you know. And the fact that you kick it off that early at 5:07 Eastern. And then just roll it into the other two games. It's great. It, it, it's absolutely great. Let me go back to Nola for a minute. A good stat from our friend Sean Kane over at NBC Sports Philadelphia. Nola's made four starts in clinching situations in the last two years: two regular season clinchers and game two of both wild card series. Yeah. In those four starts, Derek, you ready for this? Three and zero with a zero three three ERA. Jeez. Okay, that's Ooh. that's delivering. That's delivering in, in big spots. You so, can't you can't ask for any better than that. You know, the other good thing is, and here's here's something else that I, I think may be a positive out of a negative. So you have the two awful losses Thursday and Friday. I think what that's done is that has cemented to Rob Thompson that Kimbrell can't be in any kind of high leverage situations, and he certainly can't go in there to close games out. I think that's no. something that, that, that Thompson knows now, and we won't see it. Here's what I would do ideally, Derek. Jeff Hoffman would be my setup guy in the eighth, and Alvarado mm-hmm. would close it out in the ninth. That's what I mm-hmm. would do as far as eight nine goes. If you can get seven out of Nola, if 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 um, if you if you bring Kimball in at any time of a game, I think it would be more effective. If you brought him in. Let's say let's say Rob Thompson goes with the quick hook again in this game. I think Kimball would be better suited to come in and like it's your first reliever. Yes. It may be it's situational. It may be pitch a batter or two, not even a full inning. But if let's say Arizona has a couple of men on base with one out, bring Kimball in the face for a couple of batters or one batter. And then you go back to your bullpen again. 
Yeah. yeah uh, again, the way the way these managers in, in, in across baseball period are pulling pitchers left and right. No wonder they've all got additional pitchers on their roster for the postseason. You know, I'm a big fan of if a dude is rolling, if he goes six, seven innings, leave him in there until you know he tells you otherwise yep. by his body language on the hill. But man, you know, you look at look out poor Suarez. You know, two and a third, three and a third. Yeah. You know, four and a third. You know, and all of a sudden he's getting the hook. Well, he hasn't given up any runs, but he gave up a walk and two hits or a walk and a hit. So what? It's worked out for the Phillies for the most part, as it has with other teams. But I, I think managers outthink themselves a lot of times in terms of, of pulling guys too soon. Yeah. But I, I, I know a lot. And I put it out there on Twitter. I said, the next time I see Kimberl on the hill in a postseason game this year, it's too soon. But as I rethink it, I think he would be more effective in the earlier situation. You cannot put him in a closing situation anymore. No, you can't. Yeah. He can't be. He can't be anywhere near the back end of the bullpen no, under no. any circumstance. Yeah, if it's honestly, Derek, I don't even want to see him unless it's mop up duty. I really don't. Yeah, if, okay. if the game's not close and you need him to get you through an inning or whatever, that's he. He's just cooked at this point. He's had he had a great year for you, but he ran out of gas. It's as simple as that. It has a lot of like similarities to what was happening with Mitch Williams in 93. Mitch Williams was great for you all year. And he just, he just, he was tired. And, and Jim Fergosi kept putting him in there in big spots and it burned them. It really did. And and, and it's not, you don't want to go down the same road. The the nice thing is I I think there's options. You know, I I, I don't, I don't feel a hundred percent confident in Sir Anthony, but you know, he's, I could live with this well his last couple outings. Yeah, I could live with Sir Anthony. You know, if you wanted to go with some form of Sir Anthony and Hoffman and Alvarado, I'm good. I'm good if that's the way you want to go. Have but, you given up on Soto completely? I haven't trusted Soto all year, honestly. <laughs> and the other thing I think you would have done, I would have done differently, especially on Friday, was I would have used Kirkering early. First of all, I would have let Sanchez go longer. Okay, let me be clear about that. I agree right, with right. you. It's right. way the, the, the hook is too too soon. Kept Sanchez in there, would have went to Kirkering earlier, and then you know worked my way back to a Hoffman Alvarado on the back end. You know, also I have I have pretty decent faith in is Strom. Strom doesn't have the greatest stuff in the world, but he is unafraid to go after guys. Yeah, you know, he's tenacious. Yeah, he's not a nibbler or anything like that. He will go right at you, and that's that's a big part of his success that he's had. Well, and, and and the thing I like about the mentality of this Phillies pitching staff is this. Yeah. They're tenacious because of what they have on the offensive side. Even yeah. if they even if they they make mistakes which could cost them a lead. They have a they have an arsenal of 1 through 9 and can get it back for them real quick at any given moment. Right. And not necessarily just the long ball, working a pitcher to get a walk. Look at how many three-two counts they've worked and ended up with a single or a double. You know that's demoralizing to a pitcher. You know, you gave them your best stuff. They worked you to a three-two count, and all of a sudden they get a hit off of you. Right. That that affects the the, the psyche of a pitcher. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden they have a defeated mindset, and he's not as sharp. Next batter comes up, boom. And, you know, one goes to center field, one goes to left. All of a sudden you got two men on base with one out or no outs. Right. And now you have to be even finer. Because the next batter coming up is a good spray hitter or a good contact hitter as well. Mm-hmm. No, you're right. You're right. I think the the other, the yeah, the the other thing that yeah, this is kind of defeatist thinking this way. But if you give up, if you if you plug some of those guys in, like if you were going to use Kimbrel, which I don't want yeah. him using Kimbrel, but right. if you're going to use him early and he has a rough inning, 
and he gives up two or three runs, at least if it's in the third or fourth inning, you feel like you can still chip away. You know, you still yeah. have some time. Man, yeah. he does that in the ninth, it's over. Or the eighth, it's over. You're done. Yeah. There's yeah. no opportunity to, yeah. to, to, to come back. So that's the other reason. But I, but I do honestly think that Thompson's learned that lesson. I, I think so. And, that, and that's all you can do. You can take try to try to carve a positive out of a negative, and I think that's where we are. But <laughs> give me your sense here. I, I feel good about the Phillies tonight. I, I feel like when you have guys like Harper and Schwarber who are clutch – in, in these kind of moments where you can put it away in front of what's going to be, we know what this is going to be like, Derek. This the place is going to be off the rocker, crazy. The, I like this, chances. The, this team is smart enough to know you need to bury this Arizona team tonight. Yep. I don't want to see a seven game scenario because even if it's in the Phillies backyard, Rob, we've seen strange things happen in seventh yep. games yep. across sports, period. Not just pertaining to Philadelphia, but in sports in general. Um, if Arizona right now has to be thinking, we can't win in Philadelphia. We can't win. If some and, and plus, let's face it, there's such a light hitting team. This team that was hitting all these home runs and big clutch hits against the Brewers and against the Dodgers have not had a lot of those big moments. Now, granted, they had them in those in games three and four at home, but here in Philadelphia, their bats are silent. Right. You know, you got to bury this team tonight. You have the fans. You have the pitcher. You have the offense to bury this team tonight in your backyard with a shorter porch with this power-hitting lineup. You need to bury them. I do not want to see this series go to a seventh game. Even though I, I would pick the Phillies to win that seventh game, I've seen it happen too much in sports. Crazy things happen yeah. in, in a deciding game. No, I agree. Look, to me, you don't ever want to give a team – like the, the, the Phillies did that, you know, losing games three and four. Right. Life. Now, to their credit, they snuffed it out and they took care of business Saturday and they regained the momentum coming back. But the last thing you want to do is show them, oh, we can win here. Yep. Oh, it's not impossible. If you do that, you're begging for trouble. And and I love Ranger Suarez, don't get me wrong. But the way Nola's pitching right now, I want yep. Nola to close it out. I I you know forget this thing, man. Just just end it. And that's the biggest thing that they have to do more than anything else. Arizona winning on Thursday gave them the utmost confidence that they could come back on Friday. And sure enough, Phillies are up 5-2. I'm thinking, all right, they're about to take a 3-1 lead. And they let Arizona chip away. And a guy who's hitting 160 in the postseason jacks a home run off. In a, in a pinch hitting role. He, he came off the bench and role. did it. Alec Thomas. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Now, he hit another home run in, in, in game. In games, he looks uh, like a kid who's going to be a very good yeah. player. He's just not all the way there yet but yeah. but see arizona arizona has a great future if they can keep this nucleus of young players together yeah it's not their time right now they don't have the pitching depth right but i thought arizona's manager did a great job of of throwing a couple of pitchers at the phillies in key moments the phillies had not seen in the postseason mm -hmm. because they were so well rested all right so now it's all hands on deck for arizona they may have to go deep into their arsenal just to stay in this game for sure you know, and if that's the case, what do you come back with in a game seven? Yeah, that's if, the if, thing if, with that. You know, yeah, not that I think there's going to be a game seven, but what do you come back with in a game seven? Yeah, I mean, you know. the, the, Merrill Kelly, who's pitching for is is a good pitcher. Don't get me wrong; he's he's, right. he's a solid pitcher, and he pitched pretty well, all things considered, um, in game two. But they'll get to him. I think they will get to him. I think they'll chip away a little bit. You you bring up a great point though. Arizona is in the hey, we got nothing to lose phase of this. Thing. Nope. Nope. You know, we came out of nowhere. Nobody expected anything from us. We're young. 
you know, we got a lot of good years in front of us. Now we know that doesn't always work that way in sports. It may look that way sometimes, but nonetheless, the Phillies are at a point where they got the game six of a world series. Yep. Nothing short of winning the world series is acceptable or an improvement. It's right. not right. You, this you're, you're a, you're in a different part of your baseball existence. If you're the Phillies, you have a, a, a big time payroll. You know, you, you have guys who are in their thirties, Arizona, other than Longoria, it's, it's a bunch of kids who, who are upstarts who nobody expected anything from. So th- their, their pathways are totally different, but that's exactly why you don't want to let them kind of sniff themselves a little bit by getting a win. Today. No, heck no, no, all no. The pressure shifts back to the Phillies tomorrow. If that's the case, once you break that ice that you can put, that you can actually win a game in a place where you have not had success winning, it changes the, the entire mindset and confidence of a team coming in. And even if they, even if somehow Arizona won the game tonight, their, their mindset has to be, hey, look, we're pushing the defending National League champions to a seventh game. Mm-hmm. Just go out there and let it all hang out. Let's see what happens. Yeah. You know, yeah. we ain't supposed to be here. No, no. And that's why, like, like Tori Lavolo uh, talking today yeah. said, we didn't come across country to get our ass kicked. We came here to play our see? best game. And, 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 and that's the message to, to his team. It's like, guys, listen, you know, we, we, we got two at home. We can beat them. This is not impossible. Uh, let's go there and let's shock the world. Let's shake it up. Let's get in their head a little bit tonight. And then who knows what the heck happens in a game seven. I, I thought a great moment um, in, in, in the um, the first game that Arizona won was when the manager came out and said, you know, this team heard what the uh, Phillies backup catcher said about we're going to take a dip in the pool or a splash in the pool. And these kids are using that as motiva- motivation. Hey. I guess because they came back and found a way to win a game four. Nobody thought they could win. So if that's their battle cry, I mean, let's face it. When you play the game of professional sports, you are the best of the best. When you, when you are playing in a game of that, you are the best of the best. And when you get to the major leagues or pros or whatever it is, yes. Shouldn't need motivation. Every time you step out on on a playing surface, it's a pride factor involved. Yep. Um, But if you're going to use a bulletin board material, hey, look, Bryce Harper did it against the Marlins, right? Uh, when he hit, when he blew that one game, and who was it, Marte? Marte uh, yeah. said, "Thank you, yeah, boy, Bryce." Uh, Arcia, yes, yeah, Arcia. Yeah, he gave you the attaboy. Yeah, yep. And and, and and Garrett Stubbs gave them a little bit when yes. he said, "We're going to jump in the pool." We're going to yep. jump in the pool. Yes. So it's going to be interesting to see. And, and, and then you just said it. Arizona manager said, "We're not coming across country to get our behinds kicked." Mm-hmm. You know, hey boys, we're still in this thing. Yep. We're on the road. Yes. We're still in this thing. Nobody expected us to be here. Go out there and just give it your best. That's all yeah. we ask. Yeah, scare them. Put a scare in them. Yeah. And that's, that's all you're looking for. A lucky you know, stroke in the back. Let's face it. The Eagles have played – I mean, Eagles. The Phillies have played well defensively in spots. But the Phillies, to be a veteran team, have also made some mental gaffes in fielding, throwing the ball. Sure. Hey, guys, go out there. You might connect on one in a shorter porch. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Hey, you know what? They may boot one. They may give us the momentum we need. Don't go out there and just give it to him. Go out there and just give everything you have. Let's see what happens. Well said. Well said. All right, let's get a timeout, Gunner. Let's uh, set our sights back on the NFL. A lot going on, including, I don't think any of us saw this coming. Bill Belichick signed an extension? Yeah, where did that come from? Where, where is that coming from? And does that mean that he's automatically staying or that the Patriots could trade him? I mean, what would you get? Let, let's explore that when we get back. What would you get in return if you traded him? Hmm. 
I mean, you, it's got to be multiple ones, right? But let, let's talk about it. Let's okay. hold that right. thought. Uh, we'll hit that. And every All the games that went down yesterday, you know, the big moments, surprises, upsets. We do have a game tonight, Niners at the Vikings. We'll, we'll hit all of that when we return. Don't go anywhere. That's Derek Gunn. I'm Rob Ellis. We're Sports Take. All right, let's talk about Flynn Tree Services. Flynn Tree Services is an experienced, licensed, and insured Pennsylvania tree services company that will trim or remove any unwanted trees off of your property. They offer cost-effective solutions to any tree problem that you may face. So if you have any types of tree issues in your yard or on your property, uh, they're just a quick phone call away. And they're experts at trimming all types of trees. And they serve southeastern Pennsylvania, South Jersey, and northern Delaware. Go to their Facebook or Instagram page for more information or a sampling of their work. Give Flynn Tree Services a call. 610-850-2848. 610-850-2848. Or online at FlynnTreeServices.com. That's FlynnTreeServices.com. you own a company and you're not producing a podcast you're missing out the public consumes messaging when they're ready join the professional podcast network of companies and let jacob media partners put you in the podcast arena come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast call jacob media right now at 267-261-3428 267-261-3428 my name is dr bruce grossinger and I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to move to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program assures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Win and save this baseball season from Colony Pools and Power Washing, a local company serving Delaware, Delco, and Chester County since 1970. Are you tired of looking at your greenhouse? Is your roof, siding, deck stained green from algae and mold? Let the experts pressure wash your home and take the pressure off of you. Win with Colony Pools and Power Washing. Call them now at 302-762-2250. That's 302-762-2250. G-L-E-S Eagles 
Welcome back, folks. Appreciate you hanging out with us. That's Derek Dunn. I'm Rob Ellis for Sports Station. Let's hit the like button if we could. We do appreciate that as always. All right, Gunner, let's uh, let's talk some NFL. Before hey. we get to the games yesterday. Oh, God, you want to say something? Yeah, I, I don't know if you had this. <laughs> no, go ahead and say what you're going to say first because I want to see if you came. I just saw this. Uh, Adam Schefter put it out there three hours ago, and I missed I didn't see this it. one. No, go ahead. All right. The Taylor Swift phenomenon. Okay. In the four games that she has attended Travis Kelsey's games, yeah, he's averaged 108 yards a game. In the game she has not been there, he's averaged 46.5. So, she, 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 again, now she's cropping up in stats as well. But <laughs> you know what's so funny? Are you, are you serious? I, I swear to God, last night. So, it was right. Dank, I'm with you, Dank. Enough of the Taylor Swift stuff. Right Please. before the, the Eagles game started, I, I forget, they they were talking about Jason Kelsey, about something. I don't know, remember exactly what the details were. But my wife says to me, how's um, how's Travis been doing since he started dating uh, Taylor? I'm like, he hasn't fallen off one bit. In fact, he was great today and blah, blah, blah. Because she was thinking like, is he distracted? Is he maybe not playing as well with her? You know, the whole nine. Right. But not the case. Totally dominant, man. Totally dominant. Yeah. Totally. I, 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 did you see also? Did you see also yesterday after Travis had a big catch? Taylor and uh, and uh, Brittany Mahomes did, handshake. No, did you see if it was like a chest bump handshake thing? Yeah. Listen, I'm like, are you kidding me? Come on. Are you Taylor, serious? Stay, stay best buds her. now, really? No, stay away from her, Taylor. Stay away. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not gonna say anything. I'll, I'll leave it at that. She's uh, on a on a different level of annoying, but that that's a whole different story. A whole Rob, different story. Rob, the, let's see. British royalty annoys you. Yes. Uh, Brittany, Brittany um, yes. Mahomes annoys you. Correct. I like Taylor, so you, I'm, I'm good there. She doesn't annoy me. I like Tay Tay. Uh, okay, even like you like her standing there with the the 25 captions we get to see of her doing this now. She, she, that doesn't yeah, bother you. I, I, this is how bad it is somebody did a screenshot. She has like a bracelet that says like 87 or Travis. I'm like, are we in third grade? Oh, oh, <laughs> really? Oh, this is where God. we're at now. Anyway. I, I, I want to see, uh, you know, it's coming out sometime this week. I want to see what the network ratings were for this game yesterday. Yeah. Because they went to her like what? 10 times in the stand. Oh, oh it'll be through the roof. They, that game, that game will be through. And they were playing LA, which means they're going to have a big, Although I don't, nobody cares about the Chargers. I I don't know. I'm sure the numbers will be massive. I'm sure. I'm sure. Oh jeez, it's right. not ending anytime soon, Derek. Right. Trust okay. me, because we know the Chiefs are going to be in the playoffs. Think yep. about how how many cutaways we're going to get in the playoff game of Taylor Swift. I expect one of those um, National Enquirer stories to come out if, if if the Chiefs get to the Super Bowl. This is how their love affair began. You know, it's going to be one of those days of our lives type. Uh, you know it's coming up on the Super no, Bowl preview. Here's, here, if I'm a Chiefs fan, here's what I'm scared of, okay? We know she has a history of nasty breakups, and then she writes a song, and ooh, it becomes a number one hit and all that. Ooh. Let's say they break up before the playoffs, and Travis is a little distracted by that. Ooh, ooh, right? That's all I'm saying, man. All of a sudden, ooh. man, I can't believe he dropped that ball. That's a pass he catches, you know, 99 out of 100 times. Boom. Tina's now, right. Yeah, Tay's going back on tour in November, so we might, we might get a break from some of this stuff. There, there goes, there goes Travis's uh, string. Yeah, his of numbers are going to go down. One thousand yard seasons. Oh my god. Yeah, I know, I know. Um, all right, this one broke on Saturday, I believe. So uh, NFL Network, I think 
Tom Pelissar or one of those guys had it first. So I want props to the NFL Network. But Bill Belichick, apparently, right. he wouldn't comment on it when he was asked about it yesterday. Signed a, a lucrative contract extension prior to this season. Right. So I, I hear that in a couple of reactions. I, I know they won yesterday, and we'll get into that in a second, but they've had an awful year. They've been headed the wrong way since Brady left. Why? Why would you do that if you're Kraft, number one? I, I don't know. Um, plus, we heard all the rumors back in the spring about there could be tension between Robert Kraft and, and Belichick yeah. because Kraft is not happy with the, the consistent losing the team has had over the last three years. So you're thinking, and especially the way the Patriots started out, one and five. And I'm thinking, boy, that, that exceeds loyalty at its finest. I know what Belichick has meant to that organization, and he's done something there in the heydays of Tom Brady that may never be duplicated again. I mean, what was it? Was it 10? 10, 10, how many appearances in the Super Bowl? 10? Yeah. They, Something like that? They, they, they lost One. the Giants and the Eagles, and then they won. Brady uh, has six rings, right? Atlanta, Seattle, Philadelphia, uh, the Rams. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Six, seven, I think. You know, that may never be repeated in the history of pro football, a string like that. You know, we yep. know Steelers won four and six years in the 70s. Mm-hmm. But this run that they had with Brady was second to none. Especially with um, free agency. The Steelers yeah, have absolutely. to deal with that kind of stuff. Yeah. No, but, you know, now that the team is on the downside and obviously going to be looking for another quarterback in, in the recent future, um, I thought this was the end of the road for Belichick. He'd go his happy way and find another team on the cusp of being a good playoff team um, and, and rebuilding that thing and moving. But I'm shocked that that he, he got this extension. And obviously it's true because he wouldn't address it. He didn't say no. Yeah, he, he didn't deny it. it. Yeah. He didn't deny it. Yeah, yeah. But, but here's, here's the other thing I start thinking. You know, I go back to the Gruden trade when Gruden gets traded from the Raiders to Tampa Bay. Right. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, that's multiple ones that they gave up. Now, it's worth that they won a Super Bowl, obviously. Yep. But yep. If, if that's what Gruden's worth, what's Belichick worth? Exactly. I mean, look at what look at what the Denver gave up to get Sean Payton, a first and a second. So if, if Sean Payton's worth a first and a second, what is Bill, what is Belichick worth? To Three anybody? ones? I don't know. But are you going to give that up? At least Three ones? A second for a coach? Not a player, a coach. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm not doing that. That's a coach who's 70 years old too. Yeah, he's not you, a young man. You've mortgaged your future for the next three years. Yeah. No, nah, I'm not doing that. No, no, thank you. But yeah. that's, that's what I think could end up happening is, you know, it, it, is Kraft dangling? I don't know. I, I'd have to, I, we need to know, know more details here. What's going Oof. on with that. But Anyway, somehow they come back, Derek, and and win a crazy one and knock off the Bills yesterday. Gasecki catches one with you know basically no time left. Yep, and they end up winning. I, forget the Patriots for a minute. What what is Buffalo? What are they? I I I, I can't figure it out. I, they're they're four and three right now. I, I there's no way I thought they would lose this game. And and New England didn't do anything special. No. To win this game. When you look at the numbers, you know, Mac Jones was okay. Mac Jones had a great day. 25 for him, it was that was a really good game for him. Yeah. yeah. You know, uh 272, two touchdowns, no picks, and was only sacked one time against that Buffalo Those defense. last two numbers are the big ones. No turnovers yeah. and no no sacks. Yep. And, and the Patriots only ran the ball for 96 yards. Yeah. You know, they ran it 24 times, but for only 96 yards. 
And they only the defense only got to Josh Allen one time officially. They got a pick on Doc, but they held Buffalo's running game to 81 yards and 24 carries. Exactly. You know, they held Stephon Diggs to six catches for 58 yards. Mm. So it's, you know, whatever scheme he came up with, and the highlights that I saw of that game, every down, the Patriots were sending six guys, at least six guys, blitzing against against um, Josh Allen. Right. And he couldn't get the ball out of his hands or find a receiver open quick enough uh, to get the ball out of his hands. Yeah, so I, I, I don't get it, Derek. So they've the Buffalo's lost to the Jets. They've lost Jacksonville's certifiably hot now, so that's mm-hmm. not as bad a loss. But then New England too. I just don't. And they, and they eked by the Giants last week. Probably should have yeah, lost yeah. that game had it not yep. been. You know, they didn't call that pass interference or defensive hold. They probably lose that game too. Right. So Sean McDermott's got to get his act together here. They're, they're, I know they're banged up. I know they have a lot of injuries, but they shouldn't be losing that game, and they shouldn't lose the, that, that yeah. first game to the no. Jets for sure. No. Yeah. Yeah. This and now this they're a game behind. They were they were controlling the division. Now they're a game behind Miami. Exactly. You know, so yeah, uh, they got a lot of work to do. Yeah, they do. And and I don't know. I don't all of a sudden think this is some springboard for New England either. I, you know, no, credit to them, they no. won the game, but I'm not buying them even no. a little bit. No, know, right heck, heck no. Uh, the other one, which was really interesting, was the Ravens just beat the Lions down 38 to 6. Now, what, what the question that that raises, Derek, for a lot of folks is golf in bad weather. I wouldn't exactly call October in Baltimore bad weather. Bad weather but, yeah. You know, it was not the ideal dome conditions. So, let's say golf outside in colder weather. Okay. So what yeah, like if they advance, let's say, you know, they play an Eagles team or or you know, fill in the blank here and they're playing in cold weather, what does that look like? I don't know. I mean, that would that could just be chalk it up to a clunker and it happens from time to time. They had one four straight, they were due for a loss. Baltimore's actually playing very well, and so is Lamar right now. Yeah. But yeah. they were down twenty eight nothing in this game. Like they were getting Dude. destroyed. Baltimore, Baltimore picked them apart. We have given Detroit so much uh, credit for playing better defensive football. Lamar Jackson threw for 20, uh, 357 yards and only had six incompletions, and they didn't touch him. Mm. And they ran for a buck 46 on Detroit. So they had, they had 500 yards of offense on this Detroit defense. And Detroit could do nothing. At one point, I looked up; it was thirty-five nothing. I couldn't believe it. Thirty-five nothing, uh, uh, Baltimore. Yeah. And I'm like, I had to look at the score twice. I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah. So I don't know what happened in that game, but Baltimore came to play and they rocked Detroit. So that they that did. leads you to believe: is Detroit that juggernaut we thought they were? If you have the right blueprint, you can defuse that team. Or was it just an off day for Detroit? It's a good question. It's a good question. So l- let's look at it from Detroit's standpoint first. So they're five and two. Uh, they had won four in a row. They're 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 in a cake division. Yep. Right. I mean they're they're in there with. I know Minnesota could win tonight, but Minnesota right now is two and four. Uh, uh, Packers lose to the Broncos, which we'll yep. get to in a minute. They're two yep. and four, and the Bears are two and five. So they're 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 winning that division with ease. The question mm-hmm. is now how much do they hurt themselves in terms of maybe home field advantage? Right. So they right. they go to five and two. Now, uh, Baltimore is 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 rolling a little bit here. They're starting yep. to play much better. Five and two. They're in a very competitive division. Steelers win yesterday. They're four and two. Browns win, although a, a game that was sketchy, which we'll talk about in one second. But they're four and two also. So the Ravens need to keep pace here. 
because they got people really chasing, like climbing right on them, yep. unlike Detroit. So that's a good win for uh, for Harbaugh's bunch for sure. So let's go there, Derek. This was a game that that I thought I thought Indy got ripped off. Um, yes. The Browns win a crazy one, and to their credit, Watson goes down. PJ Walker comes in there, and, you know, and 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 does his thing, and Kareem Hunt ran well and all that. But there were two plays at the end of this game where where I thought Steichen's group got got absolutely screwed. Uh, two horrendous pass interference calls, which which gave Cleveland the ball the one yard line in the final seconds of the game. Um, but the Colts Colts got jobbed in that game. Yeah, they yep. really did. And, and it was at home. That you know, usually the home team gets a a a, a non call here and there. Mm-hmm. It was like Cleveland was a home team. Yeah, you know. I'm I'm still sitting here shocked that that of all offenses in the NFL, Indianapolis with a backup quarterback in Minshew put up 38 points on a Cleveland defense that had just held, um, um, uh, who was the San Francisco down? Yeah, previous what, 17 week points. Yeah. yeah, you know I was shocked by that. Let alone, but then again, that's week to week in the National Football League. But they ran for 168 yards on Cleveland's defense. Man. When the Niners couldn't run run worth the darn against that them? was the biggest surprise. How many points they gave up in that game? Because the Cleveland's defense is very good, man. Yes, I'm shocked. 168 yards rushing and 38 points. Yeah, I don't care if you were playing that game in your backyard. Indy does not have that type of talent. Now, Jonathan Allen had an extended game, 18 carries, 75 yards, and a touchdown. Um, but Indy overall does not have that type of talent, mm-hmm. and so. Cleveland got the win. They're right there in the thick of the race in the AFC North. Uh, but they had to scrap tooth and nail. I don't think anybody would have predicted that game would have been that close. No, no, I, I certainly wouldn't have. Um, and it, it was weird. Like, Watson goes down. It, it looked like a head injury. He cleared concussion protocol on the, with the independent neurologist. But the Browns still elected to keep him out. Right. So let's look at it two different ways. One, they're just trying to do him a solid and, you know, we don't want to take any chances, man. Okay. Or the other is, mm. you know, PJ Walker's played pretty well last week. We're going to roll with him. Maybe he's better. A, maybe he's better than people thought he would be. I'm just saying, man, that's a lot of money tied up in a guy that if he he's cleared, he better be playing this week. If I'm the owner, I'll well, tell you that much, you know, he's playing with the shoulder and, and, and you see the one play where he got slammed on his back and maybe he re-aggravated that thing that could be something he's got to deal with the entire season if that's the case that really could affect cleveland's long-term uh goal of trying to get to the playoffs yeah yeah um if he's if he can't get the velocity on the passes that he wants um he's a detriment instead of an asset he's a detriment on the field i understand you're paying a 231 million guarantee but if he can't throw the football and function the way you want him to function in that offense, you're better off sitting him, to be honest. Play PJ. Play the kid. I agree with you. Well, not kid, but. Well, no, he's yeah. been around, yeah. But, uh, no, but nonetheless, they they somehow squeaked one by. All right. Um, Bears beating the Raiders. They beat the Raiders. Now, uh, Justin Fields is out with a thumb. Yep. So, the guy who stepped in. Tyler Bajan, I think is the way that you say it, um, played Division II football at Shepherd University in West Virginia. Yep. He came in and did a pretty nice job, all things yes, considered. Um, yeah, you know, and, and ran the offense, didn't turn it over, took what they gave him, you know, pretty basic game plan, which is what you should have done, smart, conservative. 
I guess I look at this more from a Raiders standpoint. Josh McDaniels stinks as a head coach. They stink. He stinks. <laughs> and they stink for that matter. I just I, – I have zero faith in them. I don't buy them. I don't think they're tough. I don't think they're mentally tough. I think they're just a team that lays down. And we saw it. How do you lose that game to, to the Bears? How in the world do you go from a great offensive coordinating mind, you're still calling the plays as a, as a head coach in the league, it's your offense, to being that inept in terms of calling plays, you know, um, I, I, I just, I, I don't get it. I, you know, I think, I think this could be his last year and he could end up going back to being an OC somewhere. I agree. To be honest with you. I agree. Yep. I agree. Um, but yeah, mess there. All right. So the, uh, the chiefs beat the chargers, but here's part of the problem, Derek, Nick Bolton, who was a phenomenal linebacker for them has to have surgery on a dislocated wrist. Oh, going to be out two months. That is a oh, massive loss huge. for Kansas City. That's, but that's Kansas huge. City's defense has been one of the biggest surprises of the season. Yes. They've, they've been really good. That's a big loss. I, I couldn't agree more. Um, Kansas City is not a deep team, but Steve Spagnola gets the best out of the guys he puts on the field. Yep. That, that's going to be a big loss. And If you look at Kansas City's stats across the board, for a defense that's not star-studded, that defense has played well for them this year. That defense has bailed them out in a lot of situations, you know. But they can't afford to have a multitude of injuries. And, you know, let's see how long he's out. You know, they, they give you a prognosis but um, or a diagnosis and, and, and can't, can't wait to see how long he's out. Yeah, that's a tough blow, man. And as you mentioned, uh, big game from Travis Kelsey. And, and one other thing, and I was talking to Tone about this in, in, in our, our pre-show. Uh, you and you've been you've been on this forever, so I, I I will give you absolute props for this. I don't hear any more about the Chargers from anybody. Like stop. Yes. Stop it. I mean they're yeah. just bogus. They're bogus. They're bogus. They're bogus. All right. I'm sure late in the year they'll get on a little run, and all of a sudden we'll start talking about the playoffs and the possibility and yeah. blah 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 blah. Yeah. They're phony. They're phony. They're phony on a million levels. They're phony. No, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, they have talent to win. And once again, the Chargers being the Chargers, yep. they find a way to lose games. Yes, yes, they do. They think you're right. They figure out ways to lose games, and they come up small in big spots all the time. That is, that's their mo. Um, all right, interesting because it's the NFC East and it's the Eagles' next opponent. Commanders can only put up a seven spot against the Giants, Derek. Oh, yeah, yeah Tyrod Taylor uh, and and Saquon playing with a dislocated elbow. Yeah. Or I mean hyperextended elbow, whatever it was. Um, you know, although he did have that fumble, which was key late, but he had still had a pretty good game for them. But it snaps yeah. the Giants four game win, a losing streak and Washington falls 14 to 7. Couldn't just couldn't muster enough against them. Um Wink Martindale's attacking defense uh frustrated uh, Washington um beyond beyond the nth degree. Sam Howe had had nowhere to go. They, they couldn't sustain drives. Um, Giants got enough key turnovers. Even when Washington tried to ju- drive, uh, the Giants defense found a way. You know, that wink Martindale defense. Now, people are going to say, I can't wait to play the Giants. Okay, I agree with you, but don't forget, it's a divisional game. You know, and, and, and I think we agree the Giants are going nowhere fast this year. But I expect them to give Eagles fits yep. because it is a divisional game. And because of what happened to them last year, three times against the Eagles. Yeah, yeah. I, I look. I um, 
they do tend to give the Eagles fits. The games do tend to be close. Um, therefore, you never want to chalk anything up as a win. But the Eagles can't let up here. They can't feel good no, about themselves no. because they beat the Dolphins this week. You've got to stay locked in. And, you know, that's the biggest thing, um, you, you know, for them against this team. Because, look, there's no greater example than that game that they escaped. Let's face yep. it, they escaped that game against them here. And it wasn't all that no, long ago. No so that should be very fresh in their memory. Mm, no question about it. Uh, for sure. That's a, that's a very valid point. Yep. Uh, all right. Steelers, uh, good win for the Steelers. They they go into L.A. and beat the Rams, uh, which was a pretty entertaining game, pretty back and forth kind of game. It was it was one of the four o'clocks yesterday, uh, but a good win. You know, and all of a sudden, you know, Pittsburgh's another one. They're really tough to figure out, but somehow, some way they're, they're four and two and they've won their last two. This is the most unpredictable Steelers defense I've seen in a long time. Yeah. Um, they've been giving up chunks of real estate. You know, they gave up 354 yards to the Rams. You know, the Steelers only converted four of 12 on third downs. Um, their red zone, which is surprising, they were three for three in the red zone compared to uh, uh, the way the Rams were one for one in the red zone. Um, they only ran the ball for 80, 86 yards. Here's the thing. When you look at a Steelers team, they do two things well historically. Play stout defense and run the football. They pound you with the foot running the football. They haven't been that same team. And yet, Mike Tomlin coach team is sitting here four and two. You know, whatever it is, Mike Tomlin uh, feeds these guys verbally week in and week out. Because for a guy to be in one place 16 years and never have a losing season, it's unheard of. It's phenomenal. Yeah, no, it, it, it is. It's amazing um, what he's able to do. Um, that's for sure. All right, so uh, a couple other odds and ends here, D-Gun, uh, besides that NFL-wise. Um, the uh, DJ, Gar- G- DJ Reed and Sauce Gardner are still in concussion protocol for the Jets. That's uh, crazy. So that's, yeah, that's a little worrisome uh, if you're in New York, that's for sure. Uh, coming off the bye. Uh, Navikon Su, uh, said he still wants to play this year and he's had talks with the Ravens, but the, I, don't uh, see him, I don't see him coming back here. There's just not a fit here. Would you agree no, with that? No, I agree. They don't need him this year. They, they address their issues. They let Jordan Davis sit. They had Javon Hargrave here last year. Um, he came in and was a role player. They don't need him here. The Eagles four man rotation at the D tackle position is solid. And I love how Dominican Sue's putting himself in position with teams that, that possibly get their ring. You know, he talked about last year, he has one ring. He wants to get another ring for his other son. Um, and so he's handpicking teams, you know, where he could potentially play. And let's face it, the way Baltimore is playing right now. Yeah. Who knows? They could be the AFC representative in the Super Bowl. They could if be. Can- if Kansas City slips up and you got to go through Baltimore the way they're playing right now to play a playoff game. Uh, hey, look. And what Patrick Mahomes is what never won a road playoff game. He's he's had to play them all at home. Yeah, he's gotten all his whole career. Yeah. So you know, send him to Baltimore the way the Ravens are playing right now, especially Lamar Jackson. Who knows what could happen? Everybody, everybody's odds on favorite is Kansas City to get back to the to the Super Bowl. Right. But watch out for Baltimore right now. You're right. I mean, think about the way like where we are now through seven weeks. Like Miami has shown against good teams, they're vulnerable. Right. We saw that last night. Buffalo's all over the place. Baltimore's playing excellent. Uh, you know, Pittsburgh, while they're four and two, I'm not totally sold there. I'm not totally sold on Cleveland. 
Yeah. Cincinnati, you know, they're, they're coming Lurking off the line. in the shadows. Starting to kind of lift a little. Jacksonville's good, but are they that good? And then there's Kansas City. That's it. That's everybody. That's it. That's it. You know, so, yeah, is it doable from Baltimore? 100% it's doable from Baltimore, for sure. And then and then you go to the – let's go to the NFC for a minute. Eagles 6-1, and one, Cowboys, have, you know, 4-2. and two, They've shown you some flaws. Uh, Detroit had won four straight before last yesterday's loss. Nobody in the South strikes fear in you. No. And then, you know, the West, I think there's two real teams in the West. I think San Fran, I think Seattle's a real team. You know? I do so, too. I agree. You know, it, it's it's pretty much what we thought it was going to be um, with the Eagles, Dallas, San Fran, but you probably throw Seattle into that mix. You know, you could have made an argument about Detroit until they lost this game um, for sure. But, yeah, Seattle beat the Cardinals this past week, 20 to 10. Eh, you know, it's a, it is what it is. Um, all right, so tonight, Derek, you have the Niners – at the Vikings, you know, it's looking like McCaffrey's in, in going to be able to go. Well, Adam uh, Schefter just put out there that McCaffrey's playing tonight. Okay. So, you know, that's obviously big and that affects things. There's still no Justin Jefferson uh, for the Vikings, but it, they are in need of a win desperately. The Vikings lose tonight, Derek. They're two and five, you know, which has them tied with the t- with the Bears for the worst mark in the, in the North. Boy, the North's bad, right? I mean, you after Detroit. Yeah. Yep. It's two and four, two and four, two and five. Yep. It's a bad division. Yep. That's worse than the South. Well, I try to tell you when it came to Green Bay. Oh God, I've I've seen this too often. You know, with the pre with, with the Jordan Love's predecessors and and uh, Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. The first years were up and down. Yeah, you got You got to do it before you can master it. It's one thing to sit behind a future Hall of Famer and you can talk to him all day. And, and I and I can't I can't tell you how many times in, in all my years of covering the game, players always say they learn more from players than they do coaches. Now coaches can coach you up all you want and tell you, you know, change your throwing motion, you know, step into your ball more. But you got to do it over and over again. You can't just watch yourself on film right. and think you're gonna correct it. No, it's gotta be that natural flow when you get into a game. And when you look at Green Bay, they're the youngest team in the NFL. You have an inexperienced quarterback. They're going through the growing pains. Minnesota, to me, is the biggest shock in that division. I never thought they would be below sea level at this right. point. Right. Yeah. And there's no reason for them to be as bad as they've been, e- no. even without no. with some of the guys who have moved on. They should be better than that. Um, that's for sure. Yeah. So, I don't know. What's your interest level in tonight? In the game? Yeah. Oh, I'm watching. Oh, there's no question. Well, I know I'm you're watching. watching, but, I mean, it's, it's, it's an eh game. I want to see how I want to see how Sean's uh, a Kyle Shanahan offense bounces back, because once McCaffrey went out last week against Cleveland, Brock Purdy looked pedestrian like, you know, he yeah. couldn't complete passes, uh, couldn't find his open targets. Um, he looked very pedestrian like against Cleveland's defense. So I want to see what he's going to look like playing in Minnesota in that dome, you know, a fast track, and I'm shocked. I'm kind of shocked. Shanahan's going to play McCaffrey with that oblique injury because one good hit, you're going to be down three, yeah. four games. You know, yeah. I'm a little shocked by that. I am too. I thought you give another week to rest. For me, know? he's not playing tonight. Exactly. I'll, I'll take my chances. He, he does yeah. not play yeah. tonight for me. That, that's too that he, that injury is way too easy to to aggravate. You know, and yep, get worse. You know, for that matter. Um, all right. So uh, a couple other things. Still no word on Daniel Jones coming back from the neck injury. 
you know, Tyrod Taylor's done a pretty decent job for them um, yeah. in the yeah. interim. So I, I obviously it's one you got to be careful with too. Uh, they're also uh, Kevin Stefanski met with the media today, um, and they're they're listing Watson, Deshaun Watson, as day to day also. Yeah. So he got hurt with three thirteen left in the first quarter, was cleared, mm. and they still held him out the rest of the way. Mm. Yeah. Um. This 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 um. Deshaun Watson thing is going to be really, really interesting to watch from this point on yep. because who's calling the shots? Is it the team or Deshaun? Yep. Okay. They're medically clearing him. He says he can't play. Mm-hmm. And now the coach is protecting him. Yeah. You know, so how hurt is he? If he's that hurt, why are you putting him on the field? First of all. And yeah, I, good point. I don't understand when you, when you look at Cleveland, Look at Cleveland's record. Hmm. They are right there in that battle. If I'm Deshaun, why wouldn't you want to play? You know, what are we missing here? You got guaranteed money. This team gave you another chance. If anything, I'm putting it on the line for this team every day. They gave you another chance when many other teams shot away from you because of what was happening with you off the field. Yeah. They made you a very wealthy man. Now, from, from the individual standpoint, I don't care what the doctors say, whether it's a knee, an ankle, a shoulder, if it doesn't feel right, it doesn't feel right. I'm not going out there to do even further damage to it. I don't care what you guys say. I don't care what MRI machinery says, x-ray say. It doesn't feel right. I'm not going out there. Mm-hmm. Could it cause tension between the coach and the player? It does feel like it's been very weird there all year. Like yeah. like he just said, earlier the team says he's good. And he's telling you, I'm not. Yeah. There was a leak for a minute that there was a tear in the shoulder. I haven't heard any of that substantiated, mm. by the way. Mm. Then he's playing and he gets hurt. This time the team decides, yeah, you, we're, we're not going to take any chances. It's like, it's weird. It's weird what's going on there. Mm. I, but, you know, they both better figure it out because he's not going anywhere. Nobody's taking no. on all of that guaranteed money. Heck no. You know, and if he wants to reestablish himself as a football player, he's got to get it together there because this is – like teams aren't going to be knocking down his door any, you know, anytime soon, no, um, no. you know, for sure. So he's got to get his, uh, his act together as they say, Derek. All right, let's get the timeout in. Let's come back. We roll into the final segment. We'll come back. I'll give you an on this date. Uh, I'll update you on, we'll update you on what, what's going on with the flyers. Mm-hmm. Sixers, believe it or not, start their season tomorrow night, tomorrow. Isn't that crazy? So we'll do that uh, as well. Birthdays, movies, Phillies predictions tonight, more Eagles, all kinds of stuff in store in the final segment. Don't go anywhere. That's Derek Gunn. I'm Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Right back. I remember getting my heart broken when they lost the Super Bowl in 2004. We're big Eagles fans. We moved to South Philly because of the Eagles. When they won, we went straight to Broad Street and uh, everybody was going nuts over there, and it was just a, a memory that you'll never forget. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. 
Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Champions on three. One, two, three. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to move to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community, at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. So Good Now helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. We're back. Derek Rubb hanging out with you on this Monday. Yeah, Derek, I misspoke before we went to break. They play Thursday to the Sixers, not tomorrow. My bad. Thanks oh, sorry. Okay. Why are you yeah, getting me, why are you me jacked up, man? I know. Sorry. I know it's I know it's Milwaukee, too. So sorry to everybody. Damian Lillard and Giannis together, baby. Telling you. Telling you. Yeah, so that game's in Milwaukee Thursday. Then they're in Toronto Saturday. And then they come home at 730 on Sunday night. So a couple things. James Harden's still not with the team. Now, who? <laughs> yeah, we don't know exactly what's going on. Um, they're they're saying he's away for personal reasons. Now, yeah, okay. In fairness, he could have something, you know, a family issue. He could, um, in fairness. It, it it looks like it's him unhappy with his situation and still being here and not wanting to be here. But it, it it's you know, we're we're at Monday, they play Thursday. It's looking more and more like he may not play that first week, but we don't first game, excuse me. But we just don't know um, at this point what's going to happen. But it's crazy that their season is upon us this week. It really is. Okay, so so Harden is away for personal reasons. Didn't it come yes. out last week where it said, wasn't it unexcused? Wasn't he away unexcused? Uh, Didn't we hear that last week? I don't 
did they use that terminology? I thought, I thought at one point it, the, the words uh, "unexcused yeah. absence" was was a part of his disappearing act. Yeah, I don't know. I don't remember. I don't recall. I'm not saying it's not the truth. I'm just saying I don't recall exactly how they termed it. Okay, I don't know. I think the uh, best thing uh, the best thing going for the Sixers right now is he's away. They can focus on just playing basketball. Focus on getting focus on getting all of Nick Nurse's concepts down. What he expects on offense and defense. I had read somewhere that um, Jalen Hurts, Nick Nurse wants to spread the wealth more. They don't want to. They don't want to have to rely on Jay, uh, on uh, Joel Embiid down low. And I think B is all in, on board with the fact that he said, I don't want to just be this post-up player. Yeah, I want us to be more versatile of a team. Yeah. So on the surface, everything sounds good. Keep James Harden away from it. Yes, yes. Just keep, I, keep him away. I, I, I think that's going to be the case. It'll be fascinating to see what happens, um, you know, for sure uh, with that. But it's, you know, we all we were also told Ramona Shelbourne also reported like this is like stage one and there's more coming. So okay. who knows? You know, who knows at this point, but yeah, so they get after it. You know what? Props to the Flyers. They're pretty, pretty good start. Yeah, man. Considered. Three, one and one uh, out of the shoot here. And, um, you know, I don't know if many of us had him even winning a game, but to be three, one and one, that's uh speaks to the coach, the nice job he's done in the players. See, well. Right now, right now, nobody's talking about the Flyers because everybody's so hot and heavy on the Eagles and the Phillies. Right. I hope the Flyers continue to just slowly build this momentum so that by the time winter sets in and you're looking for an alternative, especially if the Sixers are mediocre, you know, at best, you'll have a nice alternative with the Flyers, you know. Uh they might be a they might be a pleasant surprise. You know who knows. Yeah. You know, I hope they are. You know, they they've already gone through so much embarrassment in recent years. They deserve a break. You know, yes. and and I and I hope this team is just all of a sudden we look up and Man, they're like 10 games over 500 in, in January. Right. I'll take it. That would be pretty cool. It would be uh, if they were able to start that way. That's for sure. But, yeah, I mean, it, yeah, we'll see what happens with them going forward. It's likely to, to come back to earth a little bit, but so far, you know, so good um, for sure. All right, on this date, Derek, ooh, on this ooh. date. Okay. One year ago today, just one year, Bedlam at the Bank. It was game five, Bryce Harper's home run, which essentially sealed the deal for the Phillies. The opposite field home run against the Padres, which basically sent them into the World Series. So that that's good. That's good vibe situation that that was a year ago. And now they can close it out tonight and go to the World Series as well. That's good news. And that was a year ago today? That was a year ago today. Believe that? So Bryce is the opposite field homer that propels them to the World Series. And on this exact same day, he has a chance to do it again against Arizona. How cool would that be? What a storyline that would be yeah. tonight, later tonight and tomorrow morning. Hey, the best thing about this Phillies game today is that they're at 507 and not 807. That's mm -hmm. the best thing about it. Yeah. I love that you, man. Like selfishly – I First of all, I would rather get the Astros because I want the Phillies to have home field advantage, and I, I would right. like revenge against them. But last night, I was rooting for the Rangers because I wanted a 5.07 after a night Eagles game. Uh, I hear you. Just saying. Yes. Uh, it just, you know, it just sets up. It's, it's a, it just tees off your, your, the, your viewing pleasure, if you will, uh, for a Monday night. Hey, look, every now and then, there's nothing wrong with having selfish motives. 
you know, you're right. We had that late game last night. You don't have another late game with a baseball game tonight. Oh. You know, thank you, thank you, Texas, for showing up yesterday. Uh huh. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, but both both series could end tonight. Yeah. Well, both one will for sure. Yeah. yeah, one will for sure. The Texas Houston series will end tonight, and yeah. the Phillies could put Arizona out of its misery tonight. Mm-hmm. Hey, speaking of that, there's only one more guaranteed one o'clock game this season for the Eagles. I uh, know this week. That's depressing. Hey, son, how you doing? <laughs> My son just walked by. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah you, you know what? You're right. That's depressing, man. I, I, yeah. I understand the Eagles are a prime time high commodity. Yeah, they're a draw. They're a star-studded team on both sides of the ball. They're playing great on both sides of the ball. You have Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown. You have this electric offense. But it's killing us in a media perspective. You know that? Yep. yep. It's killing us. Yep. You know, and how many more night games they got? They got one more. A month, they got another Monday night game coming up. Yeah, they have They have, um, They have. have Kansas City Monday night at Kansas That's City, one. November K-1. 20th. All they right. have Dallas at Dallas on Sunday night. That's December wait, 10th. Wait. Dallas on a Sunday night. That's two. Okay. Right. And, and everything else, uh, everything else is 425 or the one o'clock game, which could be flexed on New Year's Eve, the 31st. That could be flexed out. Oh, we don't, no. Oh, there's heck, no time oh, announced no. Don't yet. Don't flex that game. I listen. Oh, no. But there, there's no time wait, announced wait. yet for, for the Giants game on the 7th. On January seventh, that's that's yeah. the flex game, possible flex game. Correct, and and they could flex out the New Year's Eve game too. Who are they playing New Year's Eve? Arizona. Damn, not flexing that game. No, they're, they're, here's why they still might. Uh-huh. Yeah, Arizona's not going to be in any contention or anything. But the, the Eagles could be battling for home field advantage, where it's in a, it means something. I don't think it's going to be flexed to a night game, but it might be flexed to a to a four twenty five. Wait, 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 Possibly. wait! I got I see. You know what? You're not going to burst my bubble right now. <laughs> no way. No, no, no. Let's let's see what we can get here. Uh, let's go to week number. So that would be week what? Week sixteen. Yes. Week 16. So the Eagles week 16 right now have, where are they? Okay. Okay. Right now, week six, that's Monday, December 25th. Okay. That's that. Okay. So it's the next week after that. Uh, right. Week you, so that, that's, they're playing on Christmas, right? That, that is a Monday yeah, game, but it's 4.30. Yeah. yeah. That's yep. a 4.30 game. So right. it's the week, the game after that you were talking, I think you're referencing. Mm-hmm. Uh, where is it here? Come on. December 31st, 1 o'clock. At home, Arizona. They're not flexing that game. I'm trying to see who else is playing that game that day. I think oh. it's I think you're right. I think they're more it's more likely to stay where it is, but I'm I'm just telling you it's not totally out of the question. That's okay. Right. Well, yeah. Well, let's see. You have you have the Bengals Chiefs at 425. You have That's a good one. That's a really good one. Steelers Seahawks at 405. Chargers, Broncos, and nobody cares about the Broncos at 425. No, yeah, that's Ooh. that's, that's enough. And you have the Titan Titans, Texans, but that's a one o'clock game. So there's a now, chance that could have meaning in that division. There's a chance. Here's a game that could be flexed out. At one o'clock, you have Miami at Baltimore. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's yeah. a big time candidate to be flexed. Two out. five and two games. So the Eagles play in Arizona. Ah, uh, they they are not moving it. They, 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 no, you you they may they may flip that, and make the Eagles play. Wait, what, what? Eagles? They may move up to a one o'clock. No, that is a one o'clock. They they're not touching that game, right? No, I, I think it's more likely they stay there. 
I guess. Yeah, you're not you're not killing my vibe, man. Not doing it. Not, <laughs> I, not doing I'm just it. trying to prepare you. I'm trying to get you, you know, mentally. Christmas ready. Day is bad enough. Don't they know that's D Gun's favorite holiday to be with the I family and, and, the, and the kids I'm, and the grandkids? Listen, I'm, I'm in this. I'm in the same spot you're in, man. Just trust me on that. I'm in the same spot that you're in. All right, let's uh, let's do some birthdays. You ready? And then we'll we'll, we'll get our uh, predictions for tonight for the Phils. What happened to my pen here? Okay, all right, all right. You ready? Wait, here wait. we go. No, Ryan no, Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds, actor and uh, football club owner. Ryan yeah. Reynolds, uh, owner of Wrexham, uh, along with uh, with Rob McElhenney, uh, who who is a big Philadelphia sports fan. He's a Philly guy. All right. So anyway, Ryan Reynolds, forty-seven years old. Arguably the greatest football player that's ever walked the face of the yes. earth, Pele, uh, was born on this day in 1940. Truly a magician, if you've ever watched him uh, play. The guy was, and what a what a what a fun guy too. He was just a he he, he had one of those magnetic personalities too, Pele. You know the um, funny thing is when he played in his day, soccer was not the national draw in America that nope. is slowly becoming. But when he signed with the New York Cosmos. It was the talk. It was the talk of the sports world for like a week. Yep. When he signed back in the seventies, this was in the seventies. Yep. It, it was 70s. it was a yep. big deal when when that happened. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. yep. Yeah. Good one. Uh, Amelia Clark, the actress, thirty-seven yep. Uh, yep. today. Your favorite weird weird Al Yankovic, one of your favorite oh. artists of all time, is sixty-four years old. You beat me to it. I was about to say your twin. <laughs> you beat me to you be you be yeah, just based on the word weird alone just weird you you're you I, Rob I, I was about to say your twin and you said your favorite and I'm like you beat me to it dang it oh man uh yeah he's 64 uh Johnny Carson Johnny Carson yeah. was born on this day in 1925 so we're old enough to remember when there was only Johnny Carson there wasn't any yeah. there wasn't three, four, five different late night talk show hosts. And, yeah. and that was the biggest of big deals. If you made it on Carson, that it, was, it was, it was Johnny Carson and Ed McMahon. That's it. That was a side. You know, yeah. And Ed McMahon would come up with the, Oh, <laughs> you are correct, yeah. sir. Yeah. 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 He would do all that. But yeah, Johnny Carson born in 1925. Uh, Amanda uh, Stenberg actress, yep. 25 years old. Uh, who's a, it was a real, uh, you know, quick riser here she's she's very very good she was in she was in a movie uh colombiana which was a really good movie did you see that one colombiana no i didn't see that i did not oh see you that. gotta see that one okay oh uh, that's a really good movie it's like um kind of like a, a mob movie type. okay okay yeah. okay check that out uh dwight yokum the country singer and actor he was in sling blade among other uh movies he's 67 today uh michael Crichton, the the, the uh writer who who wrote jurassic oh. park er this, the, this the dude, Andromeda Strain, Congo, yeah, he was, Rising Sun. He was Sun, very, well. very accomplished there. Uh, he passed away, but he was born in 42. But you, you, you go look at his track record. Uh, I mean, oh. that dude was the real deal uh, for sure. Martin Luther King III, uh, Martin Luther King Jr.'s son, is 66 years old today. MLK III. Uh, Sam Rainey, Sam Rainey, uh, Spider-Man fame, but not just mm -hmm. Spider-Man. Done, done a lot of different things. He is 64 years old uh, today as Sam Rainey. Doug Flutie, Doug Flutie, yeah. sixty-one today. That's unbelievable. Magic man, yeah, he was. Uh, what a what a college career, great career in Canada, and okay career in the pros. You know, got got yeah. got a little work in the uh, NFL. Uh, Nick Bosa, who will be playing tonight, celebrates his twenty-sixth birthday for the uh, the Forty Niners. Uh, 
Ang Lee. Mm-hmm. Uh, great, great uh, director, among other things, but he is the real deal. Sixty-nine years young today. Directed one of your, directed one of your favorite movies. Which one? Where are you go? Where are you going with this? <laughs> I'm just waiting. Uh, here we go. <laughs> I love it. I love it when you crack yourself up, man. <laughs> Broke back mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. I knew you were. I knew something was coming there. Yeah. There you go. Oh, <laughs> uh, you can't help yourself. Yes. Oh man. Oh, all right. Um, all right. Frank Sutton. You're probably going to say, "Who is that? Who's Frank Sutton?" He oh. was Sergeant Carter from Gomer Pyle. He yeah. was a funny dude, man. He was born on this day in 1923. He was a he was like his his hard ass drill instructor type. Did Did you know he actually served in the army for eight years? He was a he he, he had a Purple Heart. That guy and was a, a war and a hero. bronze star in World yeah. War II. He he got the yeah. highest honors that you can get. This guy was the real deal as a as Absolutely. a military man. Yeah. And he passed away back in 1974. Wow. He died really young. He had yeah. a heart attack. Yeah, I think he was wow. in his forties. Yeah, when he died. Uh, Lavar Ball, Lavar Ball, the father of uh, Lamelo and and uh, Leangelo and and the whole group. Is fifty six years old today. I'm so glad he's not visible anymore, man. He uh, he talked way too much for me. I mean, my goodness. I really well, wonder. I do wonder if the kids, maybe Lamelo, you know, led by Lamelo, just said to him, "Dad, you you got to stop, man. Like you gotta let us have our careers. You know, you do your thing, and yeah. you know, I do wonder. I do wonder. Uh, but he has you. You don't see him. You rarely ever see him anymore. Good. Um, Baron Hilton. Mm-hmm. Who was, uh, you know, the guy who I don't know that he was the founder, but he was the guy who ran the show. He was uh, a CEO, yeah, of the of the yeah. Hilton uh, hotels, etc. The 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 family, you know, who was uh, we all know with uh, uh, Nikki in Paris and all that other stuff. Um, that's all he got. Birthdays. What else do you have? Uh, Jessica Stroop, uh, who was in the movies Prom Night and the Hills Have Eyes too. You have James Daly. Um, who was uh, in the movie Medical Center way back in the day? Uh, just happened to be from Wisconsin. Rap is one of Wisconsin. I just there you go. There you there. go. Good work. Hey, hey, hey. Nice David Schumacher, race drivers, 22 today. Michelle Beadle is 48 today. Okay. Okay. Uh, Hayden, Hayden Rourke, uh, who played uh, this name might sound familiar. Where have you heard this name? Colonel Alfred Bellows. Oh. Hayden Rourke played Colonel Alfred Bellows. Oh, refresh me. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, he was on the show, I Dream of Jeannie. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I remember he, him. Yeah, he was born on this day in 1910. Uh, you have, uh, let's see, Chichis Rodriguez, a great golfer. Oh, yeah. Still with us, 88 years old. He was an entertainer, too. He, yeah. was, he had fun with the game. Yeah. Uh, former pitcher, Al Leiter, is 58 today. Heck of a career. Three-time yep. world champion. Uh, Bill O'Brien, offensive coordinator of the Patriots is 54 today and tv commentator nancy grace is 64 on this day okay all right all right um let's go movies here some good ones some good ones on this date reservoir dogs yep 1992 uh pleasantville 1990 excuse me 1998 um last witch hunter 2015 Mm -hmm. life is beautiful 1998 i think that won an oscar um uh, Borat 2 from 2020. 
uh, animated stuff, Astro Boy 2009, and then 2020, Once Upon a Snowman. Anything else uh, jump out of you guys? Uh, 2020, Over the Moon, and 1971, The Big Boss. Okay. And, okay. That's, it, and that's it. All right. All right. Uh, I got the Phillies lineup. You ready for the uh, the Phillies? Let's see, let's see what Topper's got for us today. Now, are you, are you feeling surprised? Any any kind of surprise here or anything like that? No. You think I would you say if it, it ain't broke, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I would tend to agree with that. If it ain't broke, don't yeah. fix it. Like to me, yeah. uh, it's it's absolutely uh, the way that you go. And guess what, Derek Gunn, you mm. would be correct. As far uh-huh. as that. I it see. Is, it is. It is staying the same. Yes, it is. Uh, so leading off. Um, mm-hmm for the Phillies would be the one and only Kyle Schwerber, who is legitimately rolling right now. Um, that is for sure. Um, playing extremely well, uh, by the way, also um, just, just, just doing everything yep. that you want from him, you know, in terms of, uh, in terms of, uh, you know, just setting the tone. Right. And I, I thought it was interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, Real Muto was talking about how hard he is to pitch against, you know, to, to plan for and all this other stuff. Anyway. So Schwerber leads off DH. Uh, Trey Turner. In the two-hole, shortstop. Mm-hmm. Bryce Harper's hitting third mm-hmm. at first base. Alec Baum hitting four at third base. Uh, Bryson Stott, who's been awesome in the field uh, yes. for them. Uh, he hits fifth. Real Muto, sixth. Castiano, seven. Marsh, eight. Rojas gets the start in center field. He will bat ninth for Aaron Nola. So it's Schwarber, Turner, Harper, yep. Baum, Stott, Real Muto, Castiano's Marsh. Rojas, that is your lineup for the Phils. I'm, Sounds like a winning lineup to me. I don't do anything with that. I keep it exactly the way it is, and that's exactly what you know, I predict. I predict three home runs. Yeah, three home runs in this game tonight. All right, give me who you think it is. Usual uh, suspects. Schwarber hits one. Uh, yeah, Schwarber, Bryce. Okay, and I'll say Castellanos. I'm going to go Schwerber, Bryce, and a surprise, Marsh. 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 He's overdue. Yeah, he's overdue. Yeah. I'll go Marsh. So it's Nola against Merrill Kelly. Let me give you the um, what Kelly did the last time before we get out of here um, against the Phillies. And actually, he, he did pitch pretty good. If you remember, that was on the heels of all the, hey, it's not going to be that loud in there, and you know, this and that. Right, right. right. You know, I, but I, I still thought he held his own, you know, pretty well. Anyway. All right, so against the Phillies, now it looks like a blowout game because they won ten nothing. But he he went five and two thirds, gave up three hits and four right. runs. He he was okay. the 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 problem is, Derek, he gave up three home runs in that game. That's the problem. Like the the long uh, ball see? is really see correct correct. So all right, here's your home runs from that game: Schwarber two, Turner one. That's who went yard okay. off of him. Schwarber twice so he, and Turner. So he's. So he has to step to the hill tonight with that etched in the back of his mind. The season depends on what I can do. The yes. last time I pitched in that ballpark, I gave up three home runs. Yes. So his pitches are going to be even finer. He's going to try to be even finer, which means he's going to do two things. Number one, serve up mistakes. Number two, walk more batters than he wants to. Yep. Yep. Because he's so concerned about keeping him in, in the ballpark. Yes. Oh, it's looking better and better, Robbie. I better like it. I like moment, it, baby. my friend. 
All right, so you oh, and I are back oh, oh. tomorrow. Yes, we're back uh, to recap all of it, to look ahead to the Eagles in Washington. There's a ton to do tomorrow, man. So we're looking forward to it. We appreciate Tone to Shields, producer of the program. As always, Tone, great Good job, team. my man. Thank you. Thanks, everybody in the chat, everybody streaming, everybody listening. Guys, the best. Uh, tell a friend, smash the like button. Coming up, you have the National Football Show with Dan Cilio. And like I said, Derek and I back tomorrow. Same place, same time. Thanks for hanging out with us. We are Sports Take. Appreciate it. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.